What's up, everybody, and welcome back to the Sorry to Interrupt podcast. Another Wednesday mix for you. Sean and I have only been doing once a week, and it's uh, it's kind of my fault. I've kind of been busy lately, but we're still getting at least one out to you a week. Uh, we started off talking about MLB, trying to get over the Yankees here. Uh, following that, we talked college football. We went up and down the slate after that. We talked a little NBA after week one. Then we went over our football recap for week seven, got into a little bit of week eight, made our picks. Follow us on Twitter at Sorry Sports and enjoy the pod. And welcome back to the Sorry to Interrupt podcast. We're here for episode 262, another Wednesday mix. Tom, we have a lot to discuss. How you doing tonight, my man? I'm doing all right. How are you, man? Doing great, dude. Yeah, looking forward to getting this pod in. And there's a lot to discuss. We have to do our Yankees post-mortem. We have another week. I know we were texting a little on Sunday. We still have no idea what this fucking NFL season is. I don't think anybody does. And if they say they do, they're wrong. Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if every person was losing money on this season. Thank God basketball's back. I already hit a fat bet. There you go. You need it. It's like a cleanser for you. Yeah, no, I'm done. I'm done betting uh, NFL. I mean, I th- I I went four zero this week in our picks miraculously, and then I saw you and I was like, oh, he's got the fucking Patriots. This is the lock of the century. And I mean that that game just epitomizes this this NFL season. But we'll get into that in a little bit. Yeah, we will. Um, we're going to obviously start with our post-mortem New York Yankees talk. <clears throat> Tom, it was over before it even started. Houston swept the Yankees, and it really wasn't close. I don't care what the scores were. Houston, obviously, was just the better team in every single facet. And here we are again, another season where the Yankees fall to Houston. They're not in the World Series, but I don't know how you feel. To me, it kind of feels different. It feels like this is the end of an era that never really even happened. Yeah. I mean, I do have to give a shout out to the Yankees starting pitching. Um, they, they really, they were, they were the only thing that was, that was halfway decent with this team. The offense was just brutal, but yeah, I mean, I, I'm praying judge comes back because they, they really need him back. Um, outside of that, Honestly, get rid of every single offensive player. It's a joke. Everybody is very redundant, except Rizzo. You know, two things can be true. One, I don't want to blame injuries on anything, uh, or anything on injuries, rather. The fact is that Houston lost Brantley. They lost other players. They they obviously had no problem. But I do wish this series could have been played with Ben Benintendi and LeMahieu because they are the exact kind of players that the Yankees need to combat this Houston pitching staff where it's not all home runs. Right. But at the end of the day, they didn't have them at their disposal. And yeah, I don't think, I don't think they would have won the series anyways. Maybe they wouldn't have got swept, but I don't know if they, they think this team, this Houston team is a buzzsaw and it's just head and shoulders better than the Yankees. It's a buzzsaw. It's head and shoulders better than the Yankees. And, you know, compared to 2017 and 2019 where, the result was the same. This felt different. This felt like they knew they were in the Yankees' heads. Yeah. They knew they were invincible to the Yankees. And it felt like 
the Yankees are just searching for answers. And listen, Cashman, it sounds like Steinbrenner is going to offer him a contract to come back, and we expect that. He already said Boone today is going to be the manager. And yeah. I think from the fan standpoint, man, I mean, this is where I'm going to let you kind of just take take the floor for a minute and voice your displeasure. I mean, we joke all the time about, you know, oh, it's the fans and blah, 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 and we're tempering expectations. Fuck that. You're letting the Houston Astros come in and absolutely kick your ass year after year after year. And, I mean, it, the fans have every single right to be screaming and yelling about the bullshit that is happening. We're not expecting to just be good every year. We're expecting to be a championship contender, and we're not that. Yeah, and and, and I'm personally, and I think the intelligent fans are just expecting uh, moves to be made to, to push you towards that. If it doesn't happen, that's fine, but at least I want to feel like you're making an effort towards it. Um, I mean, honestly, the way I felt, uh, probably... 60% after game two and then 100% after game three, I was rooting for a sweep. I just kind of wanted it to be Me over. I, I I just I didn't want this to drag out. And, and it was just one less thing I had to watch, to be honest with you, because this team was fucking embarrassing. I mean, how many runs did they score in this series total? Four? Something like that? I think 11. It felt like four. I think they were averaging like 2.2 runs per game or something like that. That's not going to get it fucking done. Let me tell you, you barely beat the ragtag group of Indians all, all, or uh, the Guardians. All due respect to them, but, I mean, they, they shouldn't have even been on the field with you guys. And for me, I just, you know, uh, we can sit here and blame Boone all we want, but then it goes back to what you say all the time. How much power does the guy have? I'm blaming Cashman, and I'm blaming ownership. This is just, I know it's not mediocrity i know we're not going you know it's 162 game season so divide that by two i know we're not going 500 every year but it fucking feels like mediocrity to me it feels like we've been in the same boat since 2017 well you know it's actually in some ways more obnoxious than mediocrity because you're just good enough to lose to the better teams and that's really what it's come down to. And, you know, I was always in the camp of, you know, how much can we really blame the manager? If we're going to give him credit for things, we got to give him blame for things. Well, I'm sorry. He managed an absolutely brutal play playoffs from the guardian series all the way through that Houston series with the pitching decisions he made, taking Garrett Cole out with two runs and bringing in Lou Trevino. It's one thing if you want to, if you want to take out Cole, you're not putting in Loaiska, you're not putting in Peralta, yeah. you're not putting in Holmes in that sense. It's Lou Trevino, and he's costing you the game. He was doing that all through the postseason, bringing in Frankie Montas, who hadn't pitched in three months, into a game where you're only down two in game one. You're still a chance here. Nope. You're, you're taking him, you're putting him in there. What does he do? Give up a home run in the most predictable circumstance. Listen, I agree with you, but that's not that's not my number one reason, and I don't think it's yours no. either for the Yankees losing. And that's why I say I really can't blame Boone because, you know what, he did trip over himself when it came to pitching management. We can say that, but I don't give a fuck it, it, where you bat a judge in the lineup and how you drew it up with the players you got. You're not winning that series with, with the offense that you had, point blank period, and that is the reason why they lost. Boone made his mistakes. He absolutely did. And if you want to fire him over that, I'm not going to be the one to stop you to do that. 
or if you feel like he should be fired. But the reason why they lost was because this offense is an absolute joke. They run the same exact players out there every single fucking year. I hated from the beginning, and I know you told me the analytics say he's better than Gio Rochella. I fucking hated the Josh no, Donaldson no, 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 thing. No, you know I hated it too. I hated it too. Listen, at this point, it's moot. We both hate him. He fucking sucks. Uh, I hate Josh Donaldson as a person. I don't really know him. I can't really say that. I hate the way he. The way I hate the way he acts. He's a hateable player. Yeah, he's a um, hateable player. And he sucks too. By the way, he fucking sucks. And we. I, I would rather Gio Urshela and and cut ties with with um, Gary Sanchez. We're going to apologize to Will later on, by the way. That's a little tease. Um, again, this is getting absurd. Um, then, then having IKF, who, like you say all the time, the guy makes cool plays on defense, but then there's a ground ball right to him, and he two-hops it to fucking Rizzo, and he can't really hit a lick. I know he got hot a few times there. And Donaldson, who it just fucking strikes out every time and then screams at the umpire. And and how long are we, do we have these assholes under contract for? Tom, here's the thing. I think Brian Cashman, when you look at his large sample size, is a really damn good GM. And we praise the moves like Clay Holmes and Wandy Peralta and Gio Urshela when he brought him in. And all on down the line, Harrison Dater. Right. But, you know, he has he has made several moves. I mean, the the IKF Donaldson trade alone would get a lot of GMs fired because here's the thing with this Yankee infrastructure between Cashman and Hal and then trickling down to Boone in the dugout. This organization is half pregnant in the perfect way. And and I'm just going to. That's my line. It is, and it's a great line. I'm, I'm, I'm using it kind of as a kudos to you because it is perfect in this case. You you spend the money on Cole. Oh, thank right? you. He's the, he's the ace you need to have. You, you you cough up every last penny for him. You have to have DJ LeMahieu back. You bring him back. But you're not going to – after saying we're going to address shortstop after 2019 when Didi's contract was up, we're going to address shortstop. Glaber Torres was supposed to be that. We had two, a year and three – a year and 75% to show that he clearly was a bad shortstop. You have a marquee free agent shortstop class, and your top two prospects are shortstops. One's a triple-A, one's a double-A. You're not calling any of them up, and you're not signing any of these free agents. And you absorb – $50 million of Josh Donaldson, who hasn't been good in like three years, just so that you can have Isaiah Kiner-Falefa as your shortstop. And then when the prospects are clearly knocking on the door and we see a large sample size that IKF is not a good shortstop, you're still not making the move. And when you finally do, it's with a it's with game three of the ALDS. And this kid, Oswald Peraza, has hardly played because you keep saying that IKF is your guy. What the fuck are we actually doing? Honestly, once Cashman has his guys, he just sticks with his guys. He has to be right. Aaron Hicks is a starting center fielder for the most of the season. Aaron Hicks wouldn't start on 29 teams. He's starting for us. Joey Gallo had to keep getting at bats finally just to be told that he's not good. Yeah, we fucking know. If we have a marquee shortstop class again, we're not going to sign any of them. Mm-hmm. I'd better see Oswald Peraza starting at shortstop on opening day next year and, and Anthony Volpe right behind him or at second. 
because this is an absolute joke. You cannot continue to say that we're all in because if you want to say the Yankees are cheap, I will disagree with you. But it's very obvious to tell that they are very, very up in the air, not 100 percent committed with their finances. They'll spend like drunken sailors for a couple things. Why would you not pour every ounce of effort into Garrett Cole's prime? After just paying him that, like now we're going to half-ass the rest of our rotation and bullpen after giving Cole that money? No, you keep going. I just can't get over some of the decisions and the stubbornness that eventually crippled this team this season. You made so many good points there. I, I really don't even know where to start, and, and there's really not much else to say. But I can I, truly, I think, ever since they made the Stanton move, they've been half pregnant. They, they, then they're not cheap. You're right, but their money management and their decision making is just it is questionable at best. And I've been pounding the table since I don't know last year, the beginning of this season, saying, "How are you going to pay Garrett Cole all this money?" Basically signaling to everybody you're all in on on this window and then not have anybody to have his back. I mean, your second best pitcher, it was fun. It was cool with Nestor Cortez, but Nestor Cortez is your second best pitcher. And then you guys got you got guys like Clark Schmidt and King going down and we don't have any reserves coming back to us even at the trade deadline to shore up your bullpen. I mean, another great trade was the Wandy Peralta trade, which really turned out well, but aside from that, I mean, what what else do we have? I well, mean, they're the small ones. He wins on the small yeah, and I was honestly going to say in the middle of your soliloquy, but I, I was going to let you go because it was just incredible. It's like, do we need a second GM? Does Cashman have to be demoted to like assistant GM where he's only allowed to make small moves and then we have another GM that makes like the real big-time decisions? Because, I, I mean, what other GM goes after IKF like that and then he just, they're like his, you didn't, these kids aren't your fucking sperm, bro. This isn't fucking, you know, Babe Ruth League Baseball, where the where the son's kid plays fucking shortstop, or the or the father's kid plays fucking shortstop every time. Like if they suck, get them the fuck out of there and turn the page. I mean, and it's just since honestly, in my opinion, the Stanton trade, you've just been compiling bad decisions on top of each other. Every single big move that he's made, in my opinion, outside of probably the Cole signing, has been a bad one. I mean, Tom, look at this, right? You're, you go out at the trade deadline, and you, you're unwilling to pay for Luis Castillo. You can't, trade, you can't possibly trade Peraza. Who carried the Mariners to the, to the playoffs, by the way, for the first time in, like, what, 20 years they've made the playoffs because of him. And then you... Because these players are so sacred, you go and get Frankie Montas, who I liked the move at the time. I still think there's a chance he has a decent Yankee career because I don't think he's as bad as what he just was. But, I mean, he was an abject failure down the stretch between ineffectiveness and being hurt. Oh, and by the way, then you still don't call up any of these shortstops that you refuse to trade who are major league ready while your starting shortstop is not playing well. Like, it makes no logical sense. I mean, these are the kind of decisions or lack thereof that are haunting the Yankees. If Oswald Peraza just came up, dude, at the trade deadline, and we're, hey, listen, Isaiah, Connor Falefa, you've been, you know, we've had four months of a sample size. You clearly are not necessarily getting the job done. We're going to make you a super utility guy. 
and Peraza you're going to get every day at bats. And then he would have been so much more equipped for the postseason. Instead, now they're ruining his confidence because they're putting him in the postseason against Justin fucking Verlander. Like, it just doesn't make sense, dude. And when you look up and down the line, again, I'm going to continue to say that IKF and Josh Donaldson trade would get most GMs fired. I don't care about the net the net zero that is Gary Sanchez. It is what it is. You're supposed to be upgrading. And instead of spending $25 million a year for two years on Carlos Correa because you were too eager to say, no, we want IKF and Donaldson, you could have had a Carlos Correa for a year and then he opted out just like he just did with Minnesota. Instead, you give that to Donaldson and Kiner Falefa who won his gold glove at third base. It was not at shortstop. I don't want to hear any of these bullshit analytics because now what it's starting to sound like is, okay, maybe our analytics department fucking sucks because if your data is showing that IKF is one of the better shortstops in baseball, I really need to do a thorough cleaning of house with that analytics department because you could watch baseball for four days and be like, that guy's not very good. If it wasn't for Rizzo, he'd have like 22 errors, and I don't think I'm being hyperbolic. Yeah, numbers are cool when they're right. Mm-hmm. Um, also, why are they making such a big deal about the analytics? You're the fucking Yankees. I understand that Tampa is so good with their analytics and Houston's so good with their analytics. But you know what? They don't have the, the purse and the pocketbook that the Yankees fucking have. I don't you even don't have know. You to be like that. You just have to be you. Use your fucking strength. I God mean, damn it. Sean, what I don't get is, you know, you say they don't have the purse and you're right. The Yankees, but there's no other way to put it than it just doesn't make sense because you're right it doesn't but they're cheap in such weird fucking ways they want to be the smart they want to be like the valedictorian who's also comes from the really rich family and is yeah, a starting well, quarterback i mean like they're a laughing they stock they're not the it. smartest guy in the room right now it, it's an it absolute all. joke and it does and honestly the way to sum up this team uh, in my opinion, since the Stanton trade, I know we had a couple of good runs in there, Judge's rookie season when they went to the CS and whatnot. Um, it, it just this this team doesn't make sense. Their decision making doesn't make sense. It is completely inconsistent. You sign Garrett Cole, you sign Rizzo, uh, you sign a couple of other players to big time deals, and then you make fucking deals. Uh, IKF, I mean IKF. It's not like you went out and you got and you got fucking Trey Turner. I mean, the anybody IKF could have been had by any of the other twenty nine teams. Yeah. It, it's not like you 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 just won. You're doing high fives in the boardroom because you made this fucking trade. And honestly, for me, I I think I made this mandate when they were when they were waffling on signing DJ. I wasn't watching the Yankees until they signed DJ. I've ma- I'm making a new mandate, and it's early because the baseball season's not over yet. If IKF is our starting shortstop, I'm not watching the Yankees. And honestly, I'm kind of hoping that he is because I'm if this team and they're going to roll out a very similar team this year, next year. So I'm I'm kind of hoping that he does start at shortstop because then it gives me a reason not to watch them. Sorry. Yeah, I know the biggest pain in the ass was them being as good as they were in the first half because. I did go into this. Oh, I mean, with come on, bro. Expectations. We I bo- wasn't we, really. We both yeah, said. We both said that it felt different. Did we? At multiple points in the first half of the season, we both said that this team feels different. And you know what? Yeah, there was injuries. We we got hammered in the bullpen between fucking Chapman being on just losing it completely. He's gone. Britain 
coming back too way too early and not being ready. Schmidt and King being gone, and those the guys King looked electric. Really oh, yep. it, it did. And, and then Holmes getting hurt, and then subsequently losing his first half form. Uh, that sucked. Uh, and, and obviously, you don't want to lose Benintendi or DJ LeMahieu for the playoffs. But like, I mean, if you use the Dodgers logic here and you gave them this team. Maybe not the Dodgers. It might be a bad example. Yeah, yeah I think the Dodgers fans are even more upset than the Yankee fans. Uh, I mean, I think if you used like Houston's logic, I guess they're probably the class of the of the of baseball right now. I just find it hard to believe that they would get swept, even with all those injuries. I mean, this is the fucking New York Yankees. Go out and get a fucking superstar. You know what I mean? Like old Yankees logic. If we're wasting, if we re-sign Judge and we're and we're in the middle of Garrett Cole's prime. In the early 2000s and and before that, I mean, the Yankees with IKF at shortstop, it would be almost inevitable that they were going to sign Trey Turner, right? Yes. If he was willing to come here. And now it's like the I'm on the opposite end. I'm like, there's, there is... I mean, there's going to be a bleach report where it's like the Yankees show interest, and I'm just going to ignore it because it's not fucking yeah, true. It, it's not yeah, true. It, I mean, and I hate going back in time with some of these things because remember, the only reason that DJ is a Yankee and why we fell in love with DJ LeMahieu and wanted him back at the end of the 2020 season was because they didn't sign Machado. Well, you had you just watched a Machado Harper NLCS, and you watched Harper go, you know sicko mode on the fucking Padres and then and vault the Phillies to the World Series. And I don't want to hear any more of this baseball. The playoffs are a crapshoot thing because the Houston Astros are now in their sixth consecutive World Series and or not not straight six World Series. They were in six straight ALCSs. I think this is their fourth World Series in six years, right? 18 was Red Sox, 20 was Tampa. Yeah. So, I mean, they're in the ALCS six consecutive years. That is not a crapshoot. That is a really fucking well-run organization. Yep. And if you want to say the Dodgers, okay, well, the Dodgers are just a really good regular season team. Don't compare yourself to the Dodgers then because you are the Dodgers, except they've actually won a World Series, COVID year or not. You haven't. So, like, at least they've been to the World Series a couple times, right? Yep. 17, they went. 18, they went. Uh, 20, they went and won. So, yeah, they've had some disappointing runs, but they're more palatable when you're a World Series team two years removed. The Yankees are anything but that. So do not compare yourself to the Dodgers. And I saw now that Dodgers are interested in Judge. Why? So they can become a 125-win regular season team and lose in the first round? Like, doesn't make any sense, but we'll save that for another time. All I just want to finish up with this, Tom, it is – in 2017, the Yankees felt like, wow, we arrived early, right? We're going to be here a lot more. In 2019, it felt like, oh, Chapman doesn't fucking have that weird shit with Altuve. You know, we might have won. This year, it feels like, nope, they're the fucking better team. It's not particularly close. Oh, I mean, they and swept. For, be, for, being, yeah, for being swept in the ALCS and being in one of the final four teams, it couldn't have felt. I honestly think this felt worse. Then losing the first that one game wild card in Fenway last year. That's just my opinion. Oh, it did. I mean, obviously that was just shitty because we lost to the Red Sox. But I mean, this team, if if something bounced another way, they could have lost to the Guardians. I mean, this team did not deserve to be on the same field as Houston. No. no. And shout out to Cole. He pitched his dick off. Shout out to Nesser. He pitched his dick off. 
tie on pitch great. I mean, I have to give all the credit in the world to the one part of the Yankees team that I actually enjoyed in the playoffs, and that was the starting pitching. The same thing with Severino. I mean, yeah, you can say he gave up a three-run home run to Bregman. But you know what? That's all. That's it. And if you're not mm-hmm. going to be able to come back from 3 nothing down in a single game in the entire series, then you deserve to get swept. You guys yeah, are if fucking you feel like If you feel like a three-run home run in the fourth inning, whatever it was, was going to be you know the detonator to your to your season then you didn't have a chance anyway and, and it actually, did feel that way when he when did, when oh, that ball went out it's like oh this game's over and i feel for fucking sevy because he he gave 110 out there i feel for sevy but i actually will close with this because if you just keep me going i can go forever so i'll clo- i'll shut up after this tired of the fucking excuses you have become so laughably embarrassing with your stupid excuses. Oh, if the roof was if the roof was closed, that ball would have carried. Well, you know what? So would a couple of the Astros home runs. You know? Like hit it to a different part That's, of the ball. You can't Shut the fuck up with You can't God say stuff excuses. like that. You can't say stuff like that when you're averaging like two runs a game. You just can't. And you can't say that when the other team constantly continues yeah. to beat you. You want to say it's cheating? Fine. You want to say L2 oh, had a buzzer? You want to say Chapman's this, that, and the third? Fine. Stop with the excuses because now you're not only losing, you're a sore loser. You just look so pathetic. I hate to tell you, and I'll close on this too, is I, I with this ownership group, the way that the way that the the what is it, Hal? Mm-hmm. The way that Hal is and the way that Cashman is, and clearly they're in bed together, and I don't know if they're boinking on the side. They might be because Cashman <laughs> still has his job. Um, I, I mean, I... Don't expect this to get any better. No, it's going to be the same. I mean, Cashman's contract is up, but every indication is that he's, they're going to give him a new one. And, of course, he's going to take the job. I mean, it, it's just... It would be a shock. But you know what? I, I have to say this, Sean. I think if they, if they got a new GM in there, whether it be Cashman or anything else, it would just be one of Cashman's cronies. And it would be the same ideas because the ownership is still the ownership they don't want to go even a little bit further over the luxury tax or whatever it may be and 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 that that means that they're gonna have a little splash here but it's not gonna be enough because then they're gonna get cheap and they're gonna do the ikf fucking donaldson thing which wasn't even really cheap it was more just stupid than fucking cheap they allocated 50 million dollars for two-year salary just so you could have isaiah kiner falepa now they're gonna have to trade josh donaldson eat that 25 million or attach a top prospect with him so a team would take him off our ass Exactly. And it's like, and that is just the bone crushing reality right there is if you look back to last year's offseason, I mean, you could have, for that 50 million, you could have had Gio Rochella still at third base, who is a serviceable 8 9 hitter. Fine, I'll take it. And he plays great defense. And you could have had Carlos Correa at shortstop for the year. Mm-hmm. How much better would you have felt about that? Just that alone right there. So much better. So much better. Or halfway through the year, be like, hey, listen, IKF is clearly not getting the job done. Let's call up Peraza. He's but, ready. But you the Yankees Jeremy, have to I be. Was say, you just saw Jeremy Pena, the rookie shortstop who the Astros replaced Correa with, 
go on a fucking tour in the ALCS. But that's the difference between the Astros and the Yankees. The only reason why the Astros let fucking Springer and Correa walk was because they knew that they had Pena and they had Tucker and they had Alvarez in order to in order to fill that production and it was a sure thing meanwhile these Yankees have all these prospects that if they're ready fucking bring them up but clearly they're not and you're just talking them up and trying to fucking bullshit us like we're stupid which sorry I'm fucking not and neither are you and neither are most of the fans that's the difference between the Yankees and the Astros the only reason why the Astros let those guys walk was because they had replacements that would be as good if not better and cheaper and the Yankees fucking don't have it but they're gonna fucking serve us a shit sandwich and tell Tell us it's fucking uh, filet mignon. Filet mignon. Yeah, <laughs> I like that. Good job. Um, yeah, it's like, and you look at the Braves, right? It's like, hey, Ender Enciarte, not really a good center fielder. Hey, let's call it Michael Harris. Give him a full year. Let him just let's, let's just see what how he is, and then let's oh. sign him to a fucking yeah. cheap ass deal. Yeah, it's like all these teams are calling up their top prospects or signing free agents, and we're not doing either. I was really hoping because this feels like rock bottom, does it not to you? Like, it feels kind of like rock bottom. Truly, no. For me, in my opinion, it doesn't feel like rock bottom because maybe I'm looking at it differently than you because you, if somebody truly hits rock bottom in any aspect of their life, rock bottom means that you have nowhere lower to go. I think that the Yankees are just fucking going to be this, which in my opinion is is a cock tease, and, and the only word I can think of is mediocrity for the next four or five years. The only way okay. that they don't is if two or three of these prospects pop and they just don't have a choice to play them, and somehow we luck out with that. But the chances of that and the odds of that happening are very slim to none. That's how I feel. I, I was just going to, and, and no, that's, that's totally fine. You know, the, my, my football team is very similar to my baseball team in the sense of they're a proud organization. They've been, have the same ownership group for, or family really forever. They like to make a lot of decisions with personnel, whether it be coaching or general managers who have ties to the organization, right? The giants always have had guys that had ties to the organization, whether they be, you know, Bernie Accorsi or whether they be, um, you know, obviously when they brought in uh, Gettleman. And the Giants, I really do believe they were so bad and the end of the season last year was so horrific uh, that they wanted to keep Joe Judge. They did not want to fire another coach after two years, but they heard the fan base. And the fan base was saying, we're not buying season tickets. We're going to stop watching games. We're going to boycott games. I was like right there. Like, I cannot believe that I'm a fan of a football team that once was so proud that is now so bad. And what did they do? Out of nowhere, they fired Joe Judge, who made all these excuses, was so terrible with the media, and they brought in two guys that had no ties to the Giants whatsoever, Joe Shane and Brian Dable. And they're six and one and couldn't feel better about the direction of this franchise, despite all the obstacles they've had to hurdle. The Yankees are constantly staying within the family. Brian Cashman, Aaron Boone. uh, They had Girardi before that, obviously, right? Sometimes you have to go outside of the only thing you know and trust somebody else and say, who's the best baseball mind right now? We're going to go hire them. Forget the fact that they've never stepped foot in Yankee Stadium. We're going to do that. I think that that would ultimately serve the best case scenario, Tom, 
but I just know it's not going to happen yep. and it's falling on deaf ears. But I wanted to make that comp real fast. I, I, I like the comp. The only problem with the comp is, is, yes, it was a shock that the Giants did that, but they did it, and the Yankees aren't mm-hmm. going to do that. Even if Boone gets fired, which I really don't think he will, it's not going to matter because Cashman's going to get a new contract, and he's the one running the show, and in baseball that really matters a lot more. The GM matters a lot more than the, than the manager, head coach, whatever you want to call him. Yep, and he's in charge of the analytics too. Exactly. Well, this... This would have been a good therapy session if there was hope, but I, I truly, in my opinion, I think that there's no hope. You Sometimes you're a more positive guy. Maybe you'll have a positive outlook on it. I think you're crazy if you do. Um, it, it, it really sucks. And, and the part that sucks is you just know that nothing is going to change. Oh, yeah, and that's exactly why I'm not going to find a positive. I mean, here's the the only thing is this. You know, baseball is a long fucking season. And in the summertime, sometimes you want to get home from work and put a game on in the background or for an hour or so before you go to sleep. And it is much better when your team is actually involved in the playoffs or at least involved in going to the playoffs every year. But that doesn't change the fact that you know it's just going to come up empty because the same people that are okay with it coming up empty are the ones making the decisions. So this felt like a very cathartic debriefing of this fucking season uh, that once was so promising. And we'll see what happens. Um, we'll talk about the offseason later uh, and any Aaron Judge speculation. But I think we can pick our World Series, Tom, because the Phillies somehow out of absolutely fucking nowhere are in the World Series uh, and analytics fucking nightmare. We're the team that doesn't have, you know, they strike out a lot and they're a terrible defensive team. We're in the World Series. How do you see this matchup playing out? I mean, shit, if you could hit the ball out of the ballpark the way the Phillies have been and how hot they have been, I mean, sometimes you just buck the analytics completely. I'm going with an Astros sweep. Okay, I am actually going to go Houston in six. Okay. I mean, we're both, honestly, we're doing it for America just because I know we're already in kind of a micro-recession, but we don't want it to turn into anything too terrible. So I'm doing the, I'm picking the Astros. I'm, I'm, I'm picking them, and I'm, I'm slightly rooting for them because I'm going to let bygods be bygods with the cheating. Just I'm doing it for America, folks. I'm, and, and honestly, whenever the America has a bad economy, the world has a bad economy. So I'm doing it for the world. See that that's what we bring to this podcast. We are we are looking it for your wallet's best interest. Um quick little sidebar here. Then the uh the Astros are trying to buck this little NL East trend that they've had. Remember 2019 they lost to the Nats and last year they lost to the Braves. So this could be the third World Series they've lost all coming from NL East teams. How does that feel for for Mets fans? I mean, it can't be good. Excluding excluding the Marlins, all of the teams in your division have gone to or won the World Series in the last like five years, four years. Yeah, it's gotta hurt. It's gotta hurt. Um, it, it, whatever the Yankees. I mean, the fucking Red Sox are. They, they'll probably win next year because they suck and then they win. So yeah, I can't have. I I really can't say much there. Let's move on. We both have the Strohs winning. You and six. I'm taking the sweep. Shut it down early. Um, let's talk college football. 
Number two, Ohio State will recap week eight. Number two, Ohio State beats Iowa 54 to 10. Um, but why is Georgia playing all these close games and still number one? Can you explain that to me? No, I can't. Ohio State should be one. Yep. Clemson beats Syracuse 27 to 21. I bet on this game to be a blowout. I thought Clemson was going to take care of business. They clearly didn't. Uh, I think their quarterback got benched, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, how do you how do you feel about this team? Did they fall in the rankings? No, they're still at five. Because um, you can't really knock them down. Because Alabama does have a loss. Clemson doesn't. Um, and you're not putting them over Michigan or either, obviously Tennessee, Georgia, or OSU. But. Um, I, I'm I'm always unimpressed by Clemson. They win, and hey, I, I mean we talked about it last week. The ACC does have some decent teams. You've always been unimpressed for. by Clemson, or just since Trevor Lawrence left? No, the last two years they haven't been particularly good, in hmm. my opinion. I mean, they didn't make the college football playoff last year, and uh, or if they did, they got trounced. Yeah, they played Alabama. They got so killed. just the last two uh, years you've been on it. Oh no, they didn't. No, they did. They did miss it last year. Yeah, because Alabama played Cincinnati, and uh, Georgia played Michigan. Yeah, Clemson didn't make it. They haven't been good again since Lawrence left. They yeah. Uh, and, I was just trying to remember. Yeah, no, Lawrence was a rookie last year. They he had the debacle with Urban, and they missed it. The Clemson was not good last year. I think they had two or three losses. Yeah, I think you're right. But you know, like they're winning and and good for them. But. They're not all that impressive. And listen, if you have to bench your starter, unless you have Caleb Williams sitting behind you, which they don't, um, you know, you're you're probably not looking at a great situation. They still might very easily win this conference, but I don't think it's shaping up for any kind of college football playoff situation. No, nah, they there'd have to some dominoes would have to fall. Let's just say that they they're going to be relying on other people in that situation. Alabama yep. beats Mississippi State thirty to six. I did win on this one. That was an easy dub. I would not want to be Mississippi State. Uh, like I said last week, Alabama coming off a loss. I mean, offense they were so so, but the defense dominated. Yeah, Bryce was really good again, um, but the defense, that was a get-right game. And, you know, Mississippi State, I think the last three times they've been in Tuscaloosa, so they switch off every year uh, between home home field. So this year, 2020 and 2018, I think Alabama's won like a combined 117 to like 14. So. Yeah, not good for my boy Mike Leach. Uh, moving on to the next game, TCU beats Kansas State 38-28. This TCU team, I mean, I, I don't get it. I don't think they have all the talent in the world, but they somehow keep winning, and they're all the way up to number what? Seven. They're an exceptionally well-coached team. Yeah, I mean, listen, I'm going to tell all NFL teams looking for a new head coach, let's, let's keep the college coaches in college, okay? I know you're going to be looking at this guy. Yeah, uh, exactly. If you're, if you're a top program, Maybe you go and poach him, but no, TCU is real good, man. They're and they're finding ways to win. Kansas State is not a bad team. Moving on to the next game, Oregon beats UCLA forty-five to thirty. Tough for Chip Kelly. Um, Oregon was just a better team. Bo Nix two point man. Yeah. Remember him at Auburn? Like oh, yeah. he was okay, but frustrating. 
he is fucking balling out in Eugene. Yeah, he is another. I mean, I like I like him, and I like the USC transfer. Rattler down at um at the other USC has not been as good. No, he hasn't. You haven't heard from him, and you haven't heard from them. No. Uh, Oklahoma State beats Texas 41 to 34. Did you go to this game? Well, this was in uh, Stillwater, so no. Oh, no, um, it was last week you went to the game, right? Yeah, but this was a shit loss for Texas because they were ranked 22, and Ewers, this was the first game where Ewers really shit the bed. And they had a comfortable lead for a while. It was 31-17. It was 34-20. Is Ewers, are they talking about, um, are they talking about maybe a little early admission for the Manning kid? <laughs> starting, him, yeah. starting him for the last couple games? Yeah, right. Hey, you're here anyway, right? Let's just come on, Arch. We got you. Um, no, that was a bad. That was that was the first time I saw you. Was really look like, you know, a college freshman quarterback on the road in a hostile environment. And I give Oklahoma State credit. Their defense, which has been really good all year, their last game, obviously against TCU, they they really didn't play well, and it looked like they were going to let this one get away from them. But they did step up when they had to, and they create a lot of turnovers. Yeah, Wake Forest beats Boston College, Wake 43-15. to They've been having a great year. They're ranked 10th. Signs of this last year, I remember they beat North Carolina in North Carolina last year. I mean, they're 10 minutes from each other, but still. I mean, there was there was footprints of this last year, and I, the, the kids are a year older, and this team's good. They score a fuck ton of points. Yeah, they do. Let, play a real team, and I'm sure that I'm sure that it'd be you know uh, they would probably lose thirty-seven to forty-one or something. Yeah, exactly. They'll still score. They can score with anybody, but their defense oh, it doesn't always travel. But up to Chestnut Hill, it did just fine. Penn State beats Minnesota forty-five to seventeen. This game doesn't matter. Good job by Penn State, though. The only reason I put this in is not just because they're thirteen, but they're about to play Ohio State. So this was a good win. Where's for the them game? To remember, well, we'll I, I, I think it is in. Yeah, it's in um, Happy it's in Valley. Penn State. Yeah. Wow, that's an interesting one. Uh, I'm not. I'm not gonna handicap that game. I'm assuming Ohio State's probably what a fourteen point favorite. I would assume somewhere along those lines. Yeah, I didn't. I didn't look at the spreads or over unders, but that was a really good win. And I always like when teams do that, dude. Like, obviously Minnesota's not very good, but they easily could have looked ahead to Ohio State, or they had could have been let down from that tough loss against Michigan. But they they killed Minnesota, and that you know any kind of momentum because we could be talking about them if they pull the upset this weekend. No doubt. LSU beats Old Miss 45-20. The wheels are falling off on Lane Kiffin. This was shocking. This was actually shocking. Um, I mean, dude, Old Miss was, uh, they were seven. Yeah. I mean, they were seventh and they were undefeated and they were just kicking the shit out of everybody. And LSU was not playing particularly well. And then, I mean, remember, they got killed by Tennessee and then we saw what Tennessee did against Alabama. So that's not that bad but i'm not a big fan of the lsu quarterback but he played a really really good game and brian kelly got his first signature win in baton is he the transfer from nebraska yeah yeah he wasn't good there i mean everybody talked about him like he was good but he's not good no no but he played really really well martinez uh, right yeah god i'm fucking dialed you are you are we know this but yeah (laughs) they did not they, they really, this game was shocking to me because Ole Miss was just, they, Jackson Dart was 
throwing the ball all over the place. And yeah, for whatever reason, this is why I like the college football situation right now, dude, because you can't have a letdown game. As much as you and I cringe at him and dislike him, Kelly's going to turn that around faster than faster than we thought at the beginning of the year. He's an unbelievable coach, and they're always going to recruit with the best of them and get the players they need. Yep. All right, looking ahead, week nine, uh, Georgia at home against Florida. No, nope. this is your game, Tom. This is your Jacksonville, annual Jacksonville game. I fucking hate college football, dude. <laughs> I know it makes you laugh, but I just, it's so stupid. Georgia's got to win this game by two touchdowns. They need to show me something. They have to. They they need to kick the shit out of Florida. They're obviously the Gators are not good. No. Uh, next game, I'm looking at the slate here. This is this is by far head and shoulders the game of the week. Ohio State. We talked about it already going to Happy Valley, playing 13 Penn State. Listen, if you t- if Saturday night I see a Bleacher Report, whatever that Ohio State, uh, they're probably playing Saturday Saturday evening, right? It's probably the ABC game. I would think so. Yeah, either that or afternoon. Yeah. Like the late if afternoon. if somehow I see that Penn State wins on a game-winning field goal or something, I wouldn't be floored. I don't expect it to happen, but hey, you never know. That's why they play the games, right? Yeah, and we've seen this happen before with Ohio State. They had a tough, tough loss to Penn State in a similar situation. I think it was 2019. Uh, going to Happy Valley in a, in a hostile environment, ranked way ahead of Penn State, and Penn State beat them. So those, as we're getting into like the real thick of the season now, man, and these rivalry games are happening within conference play, it, it's not as surprising. We got to remember these are college kids going in a hostile environment sometimes for the first time, and not always playing great. I would I would be surprised if Ohio State lost, but like you said, not Florida. Yep. Tennessee at Kentucky. Tennessee's going to kick the shit out of Kentucky. Kentucky having another nice year, but they just don't have the defense. They really don't. No, they were a really good story early, and hey, they're still ranked 19. They are like every year. Yeah, and Levis is a really good quarterback, which we know. Um, The only reason that I'm kind of keeping my eye on this game is because next week we're already going ahead. Tennessee plays Georgia for who will win the SEC East. Oh, so baby. Uh, you don't you don't want to look ahead here. Uh, they should handle business and, and win uh, in Kentucky. But it's an interesting it's interesting to see if they if they kind of have this one you know sneak up on them. Michigan State at Michigan. Michigan State is the Oakland Athletics of college football. <laughs> They're good every Go five years. <laughs> they make yeah, a, they make a magical run. Uh, I remember they were in the college football playoff one or two years with Quinn Cook. I remember that. Was it Cook? Was it Connor Quinn Cook. Cook? Connor Cook? Whatever. Quinn Oakland. Cook, I think, was the was the basketball player. Yeah, Golden State Warriors champion. Connor Cook was the guy who uh, Derek Carr got hurt and he got shit on in that playoff game. But they did make it to the college football playoff one year. This is not their year. They're going to get shit on by Michigan in the they big should. house. Yeah, they should. They're not ranked. They're not particularly good. And Michigan really is good. And we, if everything continues to break the way it should, man, we're a month away from Ohio State and Michigan both being undefeated. TCU going down to West Virginia. Or going over to West Virginia, I guess. I don't know. Um, I, I think <laughs> this is another somewhat hostile environment. This is a game that you can't – West Virginia can get you at home. 
you know, I watched West Virginia when I went to that when I went to the first UT game a month ago, and you know they're they're not good, but they can score. I would be shocked if this game's close because even in a hostile environment, TCU is so much better. But TCU has been playing some really high tense games. I mean, they needed everything they had to beat um, to come back against Oklahoma State, and then they just had a tough matchup with Kansas State. So I always, again, not to play that proverbial cliche but like is it a letdown game i don't know oregon at cal does oregon have still have a chance after that first week loss to uh georgia they still have a chance if they run the table in the pac-12 i think they could particularly if georgia or not georgia particularly if usc doesn't yeah handle business because i know they would have a loss but it was a close loss to utah i mean if Oregon's only loss after winning the Pac-12 and Pac-12 championship game is losing to Georgia, who will finish with either undefeated or one loss. I'm rooting um, for Tennessee. Yeah, yeah. I mean, Tennessee, how fun would that be? But, no, I think Oregon's going to roll Cal. That's for damn sure, at least. Oklahoma State at Kansas State. This is a game, man. This is a game. They Kansas State gave, gave – they're, they're a good team. They have a good defense. Sleeper defense in a non-defensive conference in the Pac-12. Oh, uh, Big 12. But yes. Big 12, uh, my bad. Sorry. No, you, and that 12. sounded so perfectly. It, like you said that so well. I'm like, oh, just stick the landing, please. Um, <laughs> but <laughs> uh, no, you're right. All and these conferences don't fucking matter anyways. It's the SEC don't. and everybody else. It's the, it's the SEC and the Big 10. And that's I, won't, I um, won't forget those two conferences. <laughs> no, definitely not. Yeah, you summed it up perfectly. This is going to be a fun game. I don't know how high scoring it's going to be. Um, but, you know, we're getting one or two games a week in the Big 12 that are really, really fun. And I think that's just really good for the conference. There's a shit ton of parity. I know we talked about it last week. Uh, Wake Forest at Louisville. Wake Forest just, hey, Brent, listen, man, you, you just got to keep it up, right? Just keep winning. So let's talk uh, about this, though. I mean, they blow the doors off. They blow the doors off Louisville. I mean, does the ACC doesn't have a championship game, right? No, they do. Oh, they do? I I, I, yeah. thought, I thought for years they didn't. Um, You're right. For years they didn't, but they added one. Listen, we get eight, we get Wake Forest-Clemson. That's a game I want to see, and I'm hoping Wake it's Forest a- can win that. And I don't know. I, I mean, that's another team where you gotta you got to kind of pray that things get a little dicey in the other conferences in the Big Ten and the, and the SEC, but maybe, just maybe. Absolutely, man. And hey, that's what that's what I love about college football. Like all of these games matter. You cannot lose now. You give us the matchups that we want. All you have to do is beat these bad teams here's, like Louisville. Here's the thing about college football. All these games matter in the moment, but then when you look back at it, it's like, well, Georgia won, Alabama won, and Ohio State won. So they really didn't matter. Well, that's my argument against expansion in the college football playoff because four is enough where there is a lot of pressure to win every week, but also like we can shorten the end result, right? You're you're not going to get like, let's say not to pick on Wake, but we're talking about them. Let's say Wake Forest in a 12-team playoff or whatever the fuck is playing Alabama or Georgia in the first week. It's like we don't need to watch that game. 
No I know, offense, but right? but I I just want to get some other fan bases involved than oh I do too than the than the three colleges that seem to go every single year and and you know what maybe it'll take until we're we're in our rocking chairs and our in our retirement community that you and I reunite at I don't know where it's yeah, gonna exactly. be um but be maybe maybe we'll be watching maybe we'll be watching a game where um. Uh, one of these, you know, twelve seeds beats a one seed or something. Someday, Sean. Someday. I know it's just college football is so not like even the NFL, where you do have like you know you can uh, a wild card team like the Giants can upset the Patriots. Like you just don't get that in college football very often at all. Um, but for the, at least the fan bases, right? Like it would be fun for Wake to little, run the table and beat Clemson. Something. And and your yeah. argument your argument is valid, but at the end of the day, whether or not they want to say it they're going to make more money and that's all they give a shit about. So, Oh yeah. And I'm not, I'm not afraid to say that. And, and you're going to watch reason. those games anyways. Of course I am. Of course I am. All right. USC at Arizona, just handle business USC. Um, this is not a game you should lose. Same with UCLA hosting Stanford. Stanford's not good either. Um, but we do have more, you know, we have two teams. We have USC at 11 and we have UCLA at 12. Um, and obviously you got Oregon sitting at eight. So the Pac-12, I mean, Holding hey, its own. it really is. It really fucking is. So that's the college football look ahead. It should be a fun week. Um, I love this time of year with college football because all the games are most of the games are competitive and good and have implications. Tom, just a quick want to just get your thoughts on some NBA. We're a week into the season. What's caught your eye with your Knicks? And then we can just maybe talk about the league for a quick two or three minutes. So happy it's back. I'm liking what I'm seeing out of the Knicks. I mean, first game of the year, you got. A guy who we said was all but dead, I think we said it in the in the playoff preview, comes off the bench, drops 20 in Cam Reddish. I'm over here on FanDuel trying to find his six-man-of-the-year odds. Those aren't even up. This team has looked really good. I think they got another win today. Um, they did. Overtime win. Yeah, I, I mean, this team may sneak its way into a, into a top-six seed. I don't know. Especially hey, man, the way right. your Brooklyn Nets are looking poo-poo, doo-doo over there. Hey, it's weird, right? You've got the Knicks are three and one. The Cavs are three and one. The Wizards are three and one. The Bulls are three and two. My the Hornets are two and two. My Brooklyn Nets are one and three, joined right there by the Miami Heat and the Sixers are one and four. So it's weird. I said about the Heat, they look old. Your Nets, they're gonna. They look disjointed. Yeah, no, the Knicks look like a team, and the Nets look like a bunch of fucking players. That's the it. Knicks, Simmons looks yeah. like, I mean, listen, it, it's the same thing as Deshaun Watson or, or whatever. You don't play basketball. You don't play football for how many years. You got The guy's got to shake some rust off. Yeah, and I'm not particularly worried about the Nets. I'm not particularly worried about a lot of these teams. I mean, what was the year that we saw, like, was it the Kings or the Trailblazers? One of those terrible teams got off to, like, a nine and one start or something. And yeah. then only one, like 12 games. The That's the Blazers this year. year. Yeah. So like it, it's, it's a fraudulent first start. The but Kings suck again, by the way. 
No, they are god awful. Um, I still think I still think they're going to get into the play-in game as long as as long as the Blazers suffer some injuries that I expect to happen. Just because I just think that bottom of the Western Conference is so shitty, they're not going to have a choice. They're it's going to get handed to them. They're not going to take it. But I still think they're going to be a ten seed. But I will say this about your Nets. I know you're not worried yet because we're one weekend, but if we're talking on this podcast two, three, four weeks in, and it's the same thing, Steve Nash is gone. You're looking at a new head coach, and the panic button will be slammed. Oh, 100%. Um, you know, Seth Curry still hasn't played in the game yet. Joe Harris is shaking off some rust because he obviously missed pretty much all of last year with his ankle surgery. He had two surgeries on that thing. TJ Warren hasn't played yet. He's still a little bit away. And you're obviously trying to reacclimate Ben Simmons into NBA conditioning and physicality and all that shit. Durant and Irving look great. Um, obviously, Royce O'Neal has been a nice addition. But yeah, I think you said it perfectly. The Nets look like players. They don't look like a great team. I also just want to say this about your Knicks. Very important they got off to this good start because the fan base is, I think, just ready to lose it on Thibodeau and on Randall. And I think you finally having a real point guard, your team looks cohesive. Brunson has been real nice. Absolutely. And for those people that I see on Twitter and whatever talking about Brunson's stats, I told you this. The guy is going to run a great point guard, and he's going to get 14 to 16 points a game, and we and we love that as long as we keep winning. And he's going to make the players around him better, so much which is better. all you can ask for. Absolutely. So, no panic button on the Nets. Really good start for the Knicks. I do want to ask you about Philly, though. I mean, they're 1-4, and four, and they don't look good. And you know who really doesn't look good is Joel. Embiid. Joel Embiid looks bad. Harden's back to his old tricks. He doesn't make anybody better. He comes in with all these promises, and when he, when that trade first happened and whatever, he's running a beautiful pick and roll, and he's, you know, uh, he's playing weak side defense just a little bit, and he's getting all these other guys and Maxie involved and blah, blah, blah. But, I mean, Tyrese Maxie can't cook unless he has somebody getting him the ball because he's their third best player and Tobias Harris needs to be fed the ball in his spots and if you're not going to do that then you're not going to win games and if Joel Embiid comes in out of shape and looks lazy and he's taking these stupid fucking pull-up jumpers instead of dominating the post you're going to be a mediocre team you know what Embiid kind of reminds me of right now when he does all those pull-up jumpers go see if you get this who does he remind you of give me an era at least right now Anthony Davis. Yes. <laughs> yeah, well both done, both guys that can have it all. I mean, two of the most talented players ever. They got everything in their bag, and then it's just like, we're not playing on the fucking playground right now, dude. Go in there and dominate. And if you lose the game, at least you can lose the game knowing that you, you, you played the best you could. Right now, you guys just look fucking lazy. And Davis, Embiid's, Embiid looks lazy. Davis looks scared. And by the way, how just unbelievable was that Russ sequence on Sunday against the Blazers? You saw that shit, right? Oh, when he when he tried to go for a two for one up one. Yeah. <laughs> like, bro, it's the end of the game. This is we're not going and we're not running into the locker room at halftime here. Uh, I. LeBron, know. LeBron, either he's content with it because he's in LA and he's and he's you know I don't know I'm filming ten documentaries about how great he is and self sucking, um, or 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 he is just losing his mind. He he's Maverick Carter must live must have a fucking cot in the in the GM's office there. 
I just don't know how much longer this can go on. I know they're holding out hope that a team with good assets. Maybe they're holding they're on to those two picks because they're having a, they're playing the biggest game of chicken of all time with LeBron. Well, I mean, I think, I mean, Simmons talked about it on his pod, right? Like how much, how much better would the Lakers be if they had Buddy Heald and Miles Turner? I think better, but I don't they, know they, how much. That's not going to make them a championship team. At no, all. and that's why that's why they're not pulling the plug on this on this trade yet. I think that they have a deal that they want, and they're going to wait for one of these teams, whether it's a tanking team like possibly Portland with Dame, or maybe it becomes really tumultuous in Brooklyn. Dame looks Irish. too good right now, man. Dame looks way I, too good. I know he does, but like, let's say that, that they're holding out hope that you know the Nets have they fire Nash and Durant asks for the trade again, and they're not good. And Kyrie want and they'll trade Kyrie, and because right now those picks, those two Lakers picks, are so they're like fucking, like they're like uh, you know a stock that nobody knows about yet, but is obviously going to be perfect, right? Mm-hmm. Like everybody knows those picks really mean something. And the Lakers are holding on for those to make sure that they're only trading them for somebody that might help them win a championship. Right now that player is not available, but I still wonder like how much longer can you keep this rust situation? You can't. The, time exactly. lines, the timelines are not going to line up to, for what you're saying. I mean, another two weeks like this, and Russ is it's going to get to the point where they're going to have to send Russ home and buy him out. Yeah, for sure, because, again, you're going to hit that point like, okay, what if we wait till Christmas or we wait till the trade deadline? And you do have one of those situations that I hypothetically threw out there. But you're, you know, thir- you're, you're 21 games under 500, right? It's like, well, why would we do this now? Absolutely. I, I think LeBron's only – Trump card or whatever you want to call it is if he asks for a trade, but I don't really think he wants to do that. I don't think he wants to do it. I think the Lakers and he can't even do that because he just re-upped until February, anyways. No, he can't be moved at all this year. He can't be oh. moved until summer. Yeah. Yes, yes. I mean, I guess what you could but do, Davis can. You Davis can move can. Davis, but I mean, if he keeps playing the way he does, really, what do you? Uh, are you going to get enough to win a championship? It's the same thing as a rush trade. Are you? Is Anthony Davis's return going to put you in a position to be a top four seed? No, because the only way Anthony Davis's return is really good is if he's playing great. And if he's playing great, you want Anthony Davis on your team. Exactly. So. They're in. They're in a. They're in the worst position in the NBA. It's the Nets may close. be in a few months if if all shit goes to hell, but they. The Lakers right now are in the worst spot. Here's why the Nets are not even close to the Lakers. One, they do have players where if shit completely went wrong, okay, you're not going to get the world for Kevin Durant, but you're going to get some really good assets for Kevin Durant, including draft picks. Kyrie, somebody, if if there's a team that trades for Kyrie, it's obviously a championship-level type team, and they're going to trade some depth. Ben Simmons, I, I, I think that I think he is going to stay in Brooklyn. But they also have Philly's pick this year. And I think that the Nets are in a really good spot where if they can just tread water for a little bit and show glimpses and kind of hover around that six, seven seed, five maybe, come trade deadline, they float Philly's pick, a pick of their own, and a couple of young guys like a Cam Thomas. 
they have the they have the means to go out and get a, a, a really good player from one of these tanking teams. Well, let's get a center in there. They need a center in the worst way, man. They they get. I mean, we said that at the beginning in the preview. Yeah, no, it's it, it's it's true, and Ben Simmons needs to be more aggressive. But hey, good start for your Knicks. I'm willing to be patient on my Nets. They've also played a tough schedule. You know, they beat Toronto, but they've lost to New Orleans, who we know is really good. They lost to Memphis, who we know is really good, and they lost to Milwaukee today. Yep. So New Orleans looks incredible. Shout out to John Wall before we move on to the NFL. I mean, if if these Clippers can stay healthy, John Wall is just he he fucking dominated the Lakers. It was so fun to see John Wall again, man. For whatever shit this guy takes, he is an electric player when he's on the court. Yeah, and a third and a third banana is a perfect spot for him. Yeah, and he's he doesn't have the pressure on him and he can kind of float in and out of games. No doubt about it. All right, let's talk NFL. The league that makes less sense every week. Dude, I was texting you on Sunday. I'm like, you, of all the points you've made, this might be your most accurate point ever. It makes no fucking sense. I mean, there's there's like a few teams in this league that I'm confident in. I'm confident in the Bills. I'm confident in the Chiefs. I'm confident in the Eagles. And surprisingly, I'm confident in Will Smith's Cowboys. I'm confident in Will Smith's Cowboys because it's the regular season. And they're really good, and they can win a lot of regular season games. But let's go through the Week 7 gauntlet here, Tom. The New York Giants, boy, did it take my breath away there at the end. I thought the game was long over. That's that's cute. But (laughs) it was like, dude, they have this game one. Saquon goes out of bounds. They kick the field goal. There's only 28 seconds left. Jacksonville doesn't have any timeouts. Just sail to this fucking win. After DJ leads his fifth touchdown drive to the game-winning touchdown drive. Oh, it's DJ now. DJ, that's right. (laughs) Um, And it's just like, oh, oh, by the way, NFC Offensive Player of the Week, Daniel Jones. Um, He is making himself some money, let me tell you. He is. But, man, I mean, just how that game unfolds at the end there, like, Okay, it turns out Saquon did step out of bounds. There's a minute and five left. They kick the field goal. Jacksonville gets bailed out by some penalties on the Giants, and they throw the ball down to the one-yard line, and just like Derek Mason in that Super Bowl, can't quite cross the pile on. They run out of time, and the Giants hold on for a win. It feels like they are escaping by the skin of their ass, but a win's a win, and we're talking about a 6-1 and one New York Giants football team. It's unfucking real man. 6-1, and one, it'll be, at this point, it'll be more of a disappointment if they don't make the playoffs. Um, With you. I mean, yeah, this team is incredibly coached. They don't make the boneheaded mistakes. They don't have Although a lot of talent. They did that last drive. Uh, they did, but it didn't kill them because that defense made up for it at the end there. And the Jaguars are a much more talented team that does make the mistakes, and that's why they won this game. Who gives a shit? You're 6-1. and one. It doesn't matter. It's a line drive in the box score, as they say. It is, man. It's awesome. Uh, one thing, though, that they – they did leave this game with some bad news injuries. Evan Neal, the really good rookie tackle, he's going to be out two to four weeks with an MCL sprain. I'm just glad it wasn't worse. Um, yeah. The tight, well, the tight end. We're going to talk uh, about injuries Bell- in a second. Yeah, we are. I, I know you're not going to be you know, crying for any tears for me. But um, Bellinger, the tight end, the fourth rounder, who's had a really good start to his NFL career, had a pretty gruesome eye injury. He what might the hell happened to him? Dude. 
he got hit in the eye, and it turns out that he has a fractured eye socket. How yeah. awful does that sound? I know. I mean, even getting that swelling, it must. It was really fucked up because I mean, I for the first time this year, I sat down and I watched every single game from one o'clock all the way through the Sunday night game. And I saw that I saw him getting carted off, and that thing was already double the size of what it should have been. I I didn't see the play, but what the hell happened? Did somebody get him through his his face mask? Yeah, somebody got him through the face mask. He doesn't wear that shield that yeah, some well, players do. He should start. He should start now. So he might miss the year, and that would be a loss because we know this offense is very compromised. Um, so and he's been a big part of what they've done. So they lost him, and then Bradison. Their t- uh, one of their guards, he he's out um, for a little bit now. But hey, like you said, line driving the box score. The Giants are six and one. Absolutely, and the Jets are five and two. Moving on to the next game, um, we beat the Broncos sixteen nine. I I I will say this before I talk about my Jets. Whatever the guy's name is that was quarterback, I think it starts with a B. Um, Brett Rippin. Brett Rippin. You put Russell Wilson in that game. I still think the Jets win sixteen to nine. I got to be honest with you, Russell Wilson sucks. Um, I saw a thing that <laughs> <laughs> this is such a Russell Wilson story. I saw. I took I a saw, sip of water. I just started laughing. I saw. I I saw this report that they're going to London this week, and oh, that yeah. all the players were obviously sleeping on the fucking plane, and Russell Wilson's doing like lunges and and jab high, knee high knees running in place. Dude, if I were like Cortland Sutton or Jerry Judy and Russell Wilson's doing high knees at whatever time in the morning it is that I'm flying to London, I honestly might have just tripped him. I might have tripped him and been like, I hope this puts him out for the year because that is just so fucking obnoxious. And I'm so tired of the Russell Wilson thing. It's like, you know, let's go back to the Derek Jeter adage. If you if you play, then then there's no excuse to be hurt. Every week this year, he has sucked the biggest dick I've ever seen. And then there's a new injury. Oh, well, now he's got this, and now he's got that. Well, guess what? Then the last two years, then don't fucking play, okay? You can't fucking go out there, stink up the joint, and then say, oh, well, I was hurt. Like, fuck you, dude. His act is so terrible, and the worst thing about him is he's not a bad guy. Like, we talk about athletes. No, he's just the Bryson DeChambeau of the NFL. Yeah, yeah, that's a perfect comp, man. It's just like, why are you the It's like the Michael Scott. It's just so unaware. It's just like, why are you the way that you are? Like, that's what I would say. Like, she's like, why do you do this? And there was no report because Russell Wilson in his press conference, said that he did that. So the report came from him, and yeah. he was, like, proud about it. And I'm like, what the fuck is wrong with Oh, yeah, with what you? a grinder. Yeah, it's just like, this is the same guy that was practicing being in the huddle and giving high fives last year when he was hurt, just so the Sunday night cameras could film him. It's like, what is wrong with you, dude? Such an unlikable fucking guy. Yeah. Mr. Unlimited. It's a piece of shit. I know. His Subway commercial is pretty brutal, too. Um, oh, it's horrible. Future, love you, brother. Great rapper. Um, <laughs> let's uh, let's talk about the game. So it was a sloppy game, but the thing that is more glaring to me that really sucks is obviously Brees Hall went out. He was probably the front runner for rookie of the year. He broke one off, um, and that was pretty much the Jets. What felt like their only offense for the first half. Um, 
that one hurts, but not as bad as this next injury, which is Elijah Vera Tucker. Obviously, the Jets traded for James Robinson. I think he's going to do a serviceable job with Michael Carter. He was having a pretty good year, and he had two, uh, one or two great years in Jacksonville, over 1,000 yards. So I think he'll be fine as more of a bell cow back with Carter, not being able to be a full three-down back. The two of them will be fine. Vera Tucker, I mean, I listened to Rosillo's pod and listening to Wood, Damian Woody, former great offensive lineman, uh, wax poetic about Vera Tucker. I mean, he might have been the best offensive lineman in the league, and we just lost him for the year. It fucking blows, man. I really felt for you. I, I, I was talking to my dad after the game, obviously, with him being a huge Jet fan, and just like, we can't have nice things. Even when we win, it doesn't feel great. But listen, you, you got to move forward. This is a game that was really terrible to watch. Again, with the penalties, I think the Jets had like four oh. of them. Salah's got to figure that out, man. He really does because every single week these games could have been lost so easily with all these fucking terrible, terrible penalties. I mean, you're you're about to force a three and out, you get a fucking offsides, or you get a fucking, or you get a holding on somebody in the defensive backfield. Roughing the passers, they had like two or three roughing the passers. I know it was just it was really fucking hard to watch, and and Wilson, I mean, it's tough. The jury's still out on him. Um, but he made plays when they needed to be made. He made a lot of, um, I mean, he was running for his life, especially when Vera Tucker went out, he was getting that, that, that off that defensive line of Denver is, is the, probably their, their one saving grace. Yeah. Um, they're a bad team, but not because of their defense. Yeah. Chubb was after him all day. And honestly, I I'd like to see any quarterback do well against that defense. It's a very, very, very good defense. Um, I mean, but hey, we, we got out of there with a win. We're going to need to do more. I need, speaking of more, I need Elijah Moore to fucking stop being a big fat baby. You've that done nothing in this league. Segue. Thank you. Uh, you need to stop being a big fat baby. You've done nothing in this league. The ball is going to come to you. You're fucking, you're Zach Wilson's guy. Um, just be patient and, and don't be an asshole. We're fucking five and two. We're above 500 for the first time, probably since you were in diapers. So let, let's just <laughs> fucking enjoy this, okay? I don't care oh, that yeah. Denzel Mims asked for a trade. You're fucking irrelevant, bro. But Elijah Moore, we need you. Yeah, and Denzel Mims has honestly been a great soldier through all of this now and is and is playing his way into playing time. And also, Zach Wilson, I thought, had like the best comment. And this is where I could tell he kind of has that moxie and attitude you need for New York was, listen, man, I completed 10 passes. Nobody was going to be happy with me. <laughs> it was like, well said. That's a little self-deprecation right there and a little acknowledgement of, yeah, like I am calling you out because shut the fuck up, but also like, Nobody got targets. I, I completed 10 passes, so calm down. Um, yep. But this was a good win. Listen, these are games I'm going to talk about the Jets just like I talked about the Giants. You know, these are games that they perennially for the last five, six years have found ways to lose. Uh, oh, yeah. Last year. It, so good, the, good job. Last year I'm on this podcast screaming, how the hell could you lose this game to whatever, ripping? Yeah, of course. And, and you didn't. And now you host the Patriots in a huge game. That the Jets this year, yep. over actually, you know what? Ever since the Jets, G, the new Jets GM is it McCagnan? No, you have Joe I'm Douglas. Sorry. Joe Douglas, I'm sorry, McCagnan was the shit GM. I'm getting, I'm getting all mixed up here. Ever since Joe, du- whatever he touches, it's the Midas touch. He has not made a single bad pick yet. I know you can say Mackay backed him, but we're still crossing our fingers for him. Everybody else, I mean, the rookies this year. 
and Vera Tucker. I mean, this team Sauce is already legitimately a shutdown corner. People do not Defensive throw it. Rookie of the week. People, do, dude, we've got, I mean, Brees Hall won, we've got defensive rookies of the week, like, the last three weeks. Man, I'm telling you right now, like. We've already got the three reason, of them on the team. The reason the Becton situation, even if he never plays for the Jets again, is not that bad, is because what you've done in the last two drafts, and obviously it's going to really hinge on Zach Wilson, but Garrett Wilson this the, like the amount of talent the Jets have watching them every week. I know the quarterback has to figure it out a little bit, but between defensively and the kind of skill positions guys that you have, you really are a talented fucking team. Oh You're yeah, just young. I mean, Quinn Williams, Vera Tucker, hopefully Zach Wilson, and then you have this year's draft. That I mean, they this guy could do no wrong in my eyes. And Johnson has been great at getting pressure on guys too. Dude, and they just got James Robinson for a sixth-round pick. Yep, and that like, right there, really and I said it. I said, I think I said it to you over text. That right there told me that they are, that they are all in for this season because they waited less than twenty-four hours to go out and figure out a replacement for Brees Hall, and they went and got a guy who's still young and he's a bona fide stud instead of going and signing. You know, you name a guy, Marlon Mack or or. Lindsay or or whomever off of the scrap heap. They went out and got a guy that's actually going to make a legitimate impact. I think like Schefter tweeted at like three thirty Eastern that that uh, Brees Hall tore his ACL, and at like seven fifteen Eastern, he he tweeted out that the Jets acquired Robinson. Like no waste of time at all. Let's move on. We need to we we understand that we got to catch lightning in the bottle here. We're playing. With a lot of momentum right now, we have some winnable games. Don't fuck this up and just get complacent. And I love that attitude. No doubt about it. All right, let's move on to Thursday night football, and we'll run down the slate here. Cardinals beat the Saints 42-34. to Don't feel good about this win for the Cardinals because Andy Dalton just handed them two pick sixes, and that's why they won this game. Yeah, 100%. You look at the score and you figure that Kyler had a huge day. No. Actually, he was barking at uh, Kingsbury there for a little bit. This was all on the defense and really bad quarterbacking by uh, by Andy Dalton. Yeah, this is the epitome of this NFL season. The Cardinals put up 42 points, but Kyler has an absolutely terrible game, and you're scratching your head at how they put up 42. That's just the whole season in a nutshell. And um, you're seeing the tension between him and Kingsbury now. Like King, the, the seat, I think, is getting red hot there. Well, he's already not calling plays, so there's not much else that he can take away from himself. What's he going to do? Take the headset off and just clap from now on? Oh, he, he would be great. It would just basically Jason Garrett. Yeah, pretty much. All right, Ravens beat the Browns 23-20. to The Ravens were doing everything in their power to give the Browns this game, and the Browns just didn't have enough. What is with this Ravens team, man? They, they do can't, this every week. They, they cannot keep a lead late. Exactly. They can't, I, they, they can't hold on to games. I don't get it. Um you would think that with Lamar Jackson, they would have a very good running attack and be able to chew clock. I don't know if Lamar is trying to, in a contract year, 
where he's negotiating for himself, make business decisions where he's not going to go for the first down every single time. I don't know if that has something to do with it. No, I'm seeing he's being ultra aggressive. I think that they he they has sucked the last couple of weeks though. After getting off to oh yeah, I mean Bateman's in and out of the lineup every day, and I couldn't even name uh, what is the other guy's name. I, I can't even Duvernay or whatever. That's pretty much all they have. And Mark Andrews saw like one target this week. I know. I think that was a touchdown too. I think that was it. He didn't even have that. No, he had nothing. Yeah. Oh, it was had, the other tight end, right? It yeah, it was the other tight end. But, hey, they continue to win. Uh, they're winning the games they should, and they're right in the thick of things in the AFC. All right, Sean. This game right here, now talk about <laughs> the epitome of the NFL season. Between this one and the game we're going to talk about last, your pick for the Monday night football game. This is the epitome of the 2022 NFL season. The P.J. Walker-led bare-bones stripped to nothing. Christian McCaffrey and Robbie Anderson traded away. Carolina Panthers beat the Tom Brady-led pretty close to healthy Tampa Bay Buccaneers 21-3. to I have Three no fucking points. And I think it took them till the fourth quarter to get three points on the board, by the way. I have no words, man. I mean, honestly, this is just... It's comical because, you know, P.J. Walker is not an NFL quarterback. Mm-hmm. But evidently neither Baker Mayfield or Sam Darnold. Or so, Tom Brady. Or <laughs> Watch it. Um, <laughs> but, hey, with with, uh, with Matt Rule gone and the interim H.C. in there, he's like, hey, I'm just going to let P.J. Walker play. I kind of would rather see what he's got over these two former top three draft picks that we kind of know what they are. And – he played well enough to win, but this defense, through all the trials and tribulations of this season, that defense is really fucking good, man. Well, that they D really, end with really the are. with the very generic name, I can't think of it. That they, Brown, yeah, that they wouldn't give Brian up Auburn. for two first round picks is a well, is a monster. Brian and Brian Burns is the guy. That's who I was thinking of. Um, yeah, Sean. Honestly, I don't even think this game is worth analyzing. It hurts my brain so much to think about. Well, Evans dropped that wide-open touchdown. And that killed that everything. A touchdown. And that was early in the game, and from there, they just they couldn't do anything. Yep. No, no doubt about it. Um, and yet, the Bucks at 3-4 and four are still have a stranglehold on first place in that division. Again, the NFL makes yeah. no sense. That division blows. All right. Cincinnati Bengals are starting to flip the switch. Um once they decided they were going to get Jamar Chase really involved over these last couple of weeks, they are putting up points in bunches. Joe Burrow had, I think, two or three touchdowns and like 300 yards at halftime. Um, they're starting. They're starting to turn it around. They are. Um, you know, remember this was the second half team last year. We we're about a week, a year away rather from Week Eight last year when they lost to the Jets and Mike White. This is a, this team's fine. I mean, if they can just get their offensive line a little bit fucking better, I know that sounds like a broken record, but, like, dude, just be a little bit better because <laughs> Burrow's going to stand in there and he's going to take the hits to make the throws. Chase is getting open. Mixon ran the ball well. This defense is starting to make plays. So, uh, yeah, I mean, I am I going to say Super Bowl in a year like this? Probably not. That's so dominated by the Chiefs and the, and the uh, Bills in the AFC. But you never know. This team's certainly good enough where they can – you know, 
they can take that division because Baltimore has not been very impressive. And obviously Cleveland is nowhere near where they need to be. And Pittsburgh's a dumpster fire. Yep. No, no doubt about it. They can, they can easily have this division. Um, moving on to the next game, the Cowboys defense beats the lions 24 to six. Uh, Dak needs to shake off some of that rust. Um, and that's pretty much it for me. Honestly, I see the Cowboys as a really, really good regular season team. 11-12 wins with that defense. They're a really good team. And, Will, you should be very happy with this team. Uh, again, I will not change my stance that they will find a way to lose in the playoffs because simply of clock management and bad coaching. Um, the two kind of go hand in hand there. But Dak... Hey, you mentioned shaking off the rust. He still made some really good throws. I'm sure from a Cowboys fan perspective, it was nice to see him back in there. And this defense, I mean, they just absolutely ate up the Lions. Like, they just had no chance. Uh, The entire game, uh, Goff was running for his life. Absolutely. Uh, You know what's funny, since we talked about all three of our teams now, what was the week where the Jets... Was it the Cowboys against the Bengals? In week two? It was week two or week... I don't know. My my statement is basically that I said when we had Will on our podcast that this probably wasn't going to happen again where the Cowboys, Giants, and Jets won in the same week. And I know for a fact that the Jets and the Giants have not lost, and I don't think the Cowboys have either since, and it's been like a month. The Cowboys lost... One other. Oh, they lost to the Eagles last week. Yeah, yeah. So on one Sunday game. Night. That was it. Yep. So our teams are literally like a combined like eleven and one or something since then. Yeah, because overall records, the Cowboys and Jets are each five and two, so that's ten and four, and the Giants are six and one, so that's sixteen and five. I mean, fuck yeah. It's it's insane, and that's again going back to my point. This league makes no sense. Um. I think the Cowboys are going to be fine. That's my that's my only statement. Uh, if you can, and, and that Lions defense, uh, excuse me, that Lions offense, they can score a hell of a lot of points, and that's just, con- it's just compliments to the Cowboys defense right there. They can, but now we're looking at a couple weeks in a row where their offense hasn't done shit. Remember, yeah, they got shut out in New England, uh, and then they had this performance. So they are better than this, but listen, anybody. <laughs> And no, no team is going to have a lot of success against that Dallas defense, man. They are so good. Not at all. You made your apology for the Ben not break statement. This Cowboys defense is, is great. So we, we do not have to say that, but we do have another public apology coming up very quickly. Uh, the commanders, the commies, the Washington football team, as I like to call them, beat the Packers 23-21. to 21. The Packers, honestly, I think would have won this game had they not lost Allen Lazard. Believe it or not, I can't believe I'm saying that in the fourth quarter, but they didn't. Heineke did enough to win. He got Terry McLaurin involved. Finally, somebody did. Um, listen, Will Smith, I think his, um, I think he, when he comes on our podcast, his uh, he likes to throw out some hot takes out there. Um, and, it, and it's kind of like a dartboard. Eventually, if you keep throwing it at it, you might get a bullseye. And... It's honestly not that crazy because we had to apologize every fucking time he comes on for the Gary Sanchez thing. I want to put that one to bed. I don't want to hear him talk about it anymore. We've apologized I don't enough. Either. What more do we need to say? Yeah. Yeah, we've apologized enough. Um, but I mean, Will Smith saying 
the first half of Will Smith's statement, when he said the Lions were going to win the division, obviously he went, even for himself, he went way too far. But, you know, we laughed at him, and we both said the Packers are going to win this division easily. Well, we didn't say that because all three of us picked the Vikings. But what he said was that the Packers are in a lot of trouble. Yeah. And and we laughed at that because they're like, okay, fine. So they're not going to win the division. They'll be the first wild card. Yeah. We owe him. I think we owe Will. Now that we talk through it, I think we owe Will like a maybe a 50% apology. Yeah. So they're saying, I'm sorry. I'm going to drop the I'm and I'm just going to say sorry. Sorry to interrupt. Beautiful. <laughs> yeah, you were half right on your wild take. But hey, you know what? It is early. If you look up in the Packers in that NFC where it seems like anybody could take one of those wild card spots or in it, I mean, I don't know. I, I we're over here. You're saying I don't know. I'm not going to predict the Bengals to go to the Super Bowl. I'm not even. I'm not. I don't even feel confident about picking who's going to win. Predicting who's going to win next week. No, of course not. And, and this is where I'll I'll, I'll still. I'll I'll still say about the Packers is no matter how bad they've been and how like just disconnected that they are to get, you know, from being the team that we're used to seeing, you you look at the NFC, right? It's like, do I trust the Cowboys so much better? Well, right now the Cowboys are a much better team. That's not close. And they'll play each other soon. I believe in Lambeau, but I, I know the Cowboys in the playoffs. Now, admittedly, the Packers in the playoffs have not been very good of late. But, like, I, the Giants are 6-1. and one, And if you told me they're playing the Packers again, I'm going to be like, okay, I'm still going to say the Packers are going to win that game. But you go up and down these divisions, like the NFC West, right? Like, we're going to talk about the Rams. Like, I know they were on bye this week. Like, they're, they're not all that impressive. The Seahawks have probably been the most impressive team in that division. Then you've got the Garoppolo Niners in the in the South, like the Bucks and nobody else. Like there are going to be three wild card teams in there, and I'm I will be I will be very surprised if at the end Green Bay is not one of them. I agree with you. That's why we're just going to say sorry. I'm not, I'm not sorry, but somebody is. Somebody is. All right, moving on to the next game. The Titans beat the Colts nineteen to ten. I, I think I picked this Titans team to go under and not make the playoffs, but listen, Vrabel is a really good head coach. He knows exactly who this team is, and they do not veer off the path of that. No, they don't. And when and again, we've talked about this a chapter and verse, so I don't need to go on a whole soliloquy here. When they play from ahead, they're a really hard team to beat. When they play from behind, that's a really hard. They have a really hard time winning. Uh, the Colts suck, and the Colts now have made the transition from Matt Ryan to Sam Ellinger. Finally. Finally the Colts after three years of this shit trying to put a trying to put a band-aid on a fucking gunshot wound at quarterback. They just decide, let's see what we got and if not, let's get a high pick. A scout said or was on uh, on note saying that Matt Ryan's arm is completely shot. So if NFL scouts are seeing it, obviously they're seeing the the Colts are understanding that they can't win games with this guy. Yeah, you'll walk into one here and there, like they have a couple of times this year, but he's not the same guy. And if you have Ellinger, listen, he was always a more of a running quarterback at Texas, but he did make he he does have a good arm. 
why the fuck not? Like you said, if it completely bottoms out, and this is another thing Will Smith said, why would you worry? Why would you want to be average? Why don't you just suck? And I said, well, they can't just suck because they have talent on this team. Well, maybe now they want to suck. And I'm really tired of sucking Will Smith's dick when it comes to all these apologies <laughs> because I don't feel good about any of them because they were so stupid when he said them. I know, but I guess when they play out, maybe they're not. Um, but he was right. You know what? He It's a quarterback league, and if you don't have one, you got to go get one. Yeah. All right, the Raiders beat the Texans 38-20. to Don't care. Do not I, care. I don't care either, but this they did show finally what they could be when things are going right, and Jacobs had a monster game. Jacobs is having a monster year in a contract year. And for all those people... And all those fantasy experts speculating, oh, he played the Hall of Fame game. Oh, that means that they're trying to trade him. Who the fuck plays the first preseason game that's actually going to make an impact? Shut the fuck up. Nobody knows anything. (laughs) The NFL is bizarro world, okay? It is. The 2022 NFL season is bizarro world to a T. Um, In the most you know, sought-after, most exciting game of the week, didn't turn out to be all that exciting. The Chiefs just beat the shit out of the 49ers. Garoppolo had that terrible pick in the end zone. They couldn't get up from that. And in McCaffrey's first game, listen, we knew it was going to take a little bit for him to get acclimated to that offense. The fact that he even played after arriving Friday night was pretty amazing. I still like this Niners team, despite Garoppolo's issues. But listen, man, the Chiefs are a juggernaut. Chiefs are a juggernaut, and I really like this Niners defense. And the reason why this game got carried away is because Jimmy G made fucking boneheaded mistakes that he always seems to make in the regular season. But I think when it really comes down to it, he's not going to make those mistakes until the champion, the, the NFC Championship game. You know, then then he'll turn back the, into it. Yeah, in the playoffs, it's it's usually not him making a mistake. It's just him being too limited. Yeah, you know? yeah, no. But I have seen a lot of. Uh, you know, I harken back to that Danny Dimes Tennessee Titans game where they actually ended up winning, but he threw that pick in mm-hmm. the uh, in the red zone at at the pylon, which Kenny Pickett did this week too, which fucking killed me. Um, we'll talk about that in a second, but I mean, a lot of these quarterbacks are all the fucking same. They just make mistakes when they can't, right in the red zone. Yeah, and you can't do it not only in the red zone, you can't do it in the end zone, right? Like, you got to just throw the ball away. And by the way, that is Daniel Jones' only interception of the year. So he has gotten better. But Yeah, that's I because mean, your fucking head coach screamed at him. Yeah, like, well, and also, took him to the like woodshed. The, it's also, you're in year four. You can't do that shit. Like, so Garoppolo, like, come on, man. Like, I know you got George Kittle right there, and you've got Debo, and now you've got McCaffrey, but you can't do that shit, man. Take the three. Just throw the ball away. Yep, no doubt about it. Probably kind of like the Cardinals game where he just threw two, uh, Dalton threw two pick sixes, and the Bucks game where um, Evans dropped the ball. I think if that if that pick doesn't happen there, we're looking at a much closer game. Um, mm-hmm. Still think the Chiefs would have won, but I think that would have been more respectable. So, and I gotta say, I gotta give you an apology. I'm sorry I called him Daniel Jones. I meant DJ. Yeah, there you go. Right. <laughs> Uh, you could say, you know, three-time NFC Offensive Player of the Week. Wow. You could say all of these things. No, I'm just kidding. Listen, he's been <laughs> awesome this year. I, I have felt nothing but a lot better about Daniel Jones, particularly when the fact – listen to this real fast before we – I'm not making this a whole Giants thing. So he had um, 11 incompletions the other day, right? 
six were drops. <laughs> I mean, yeah, the the, the only and receiver one was in the end zone. The only yeah. receiver outside of the tight end who just basically lost his eye for the year. Um, the only receiver that's really been somewhat reliable, I guess you could say Slayton and that draft pick that they had out of Kentucky. Yeah, Wondell Robinson, he looks good, but he's not ever going to be like a wide receiver one type. But Hell yeah, man. I mean, dude, Dan, or, uh, Darius Slayton, the only reason he's playing is because Galladay and C- Tony can't get on the field, but he's also a culprit with the drops. It was actually ironic mm-hmm. that they were playing Evan Ingram and he didn't drop a single pass on Sunday. No, he um, had himself a pretty good week. He did. But moving on, Seahawks at the Chargers. Whew, Seahawks laid the beat down on this Chargers team. And I'm just going to say this, and then I'm going to let you go. I'm tired of the, the Justin Herbert success. Maybe he, <laughs> he's he's good. I He's good. But, boy, did we anoint him. We and it seems like every NFL person anointed him as, like, putting him in the class of Mahomes, Rodgers, Brady. He ain't that, man. They're no. not winning a lot of games. No, talent-wise, he is that. Arm talent-wise, things that he can do on the field, he is that. But just getting a job done, he is not that. Um, his Chargers team, listen, they are banged up. J.C. Jackson, they gave up a touchdown on him, on his leg falling off, and he's been hurt throughout the year. Joey Bosa hurt throughout the year. Their offensive line is shredded. but they st- And Mike Williams just went down for two to four weeks as well. But... I mean, this is just bad fucking coaching, terrible decision-making. Fire this fucking clown. He's awful. He's I'm awful. sorry. I picked him to be coach of the year. I was wrong. That's going to go into that sorry, like, we'll just, you know, basically it'll be like a sorry, I'm sorry <laughs> pod where we talk about our five worst takes. Um, yeah, Brandon Staley blows. And I understand the injuries, but it's just so funny how we have the narratives, right? Where it's like, it's the NFL, oh, Wilson, everybody's hurt. Zach Wilson's no good. You know, he, he's he's only completing 10 passes. Daniel Jones, like, fuck Daniel Jones. Nobody cares. It's like, oh, well, here's the difference. Those two quarterbacks at least are winning. Justin Herbert, it's like, oh, everybody's hurt. It's like, no, fucking blame him too. You can't just completely give him all his flowers when he plays well and then just be like oh, i'll make up every excuse in the world because it fits your narrative he hasn't played well enough to win a lot of games and that's on him whether he's hurt or not whether he's battling the rib cage issue or not uh, he hasn't played very well and i know the coach is bad but we we seem to love to make every reason why some of these quarterbacks who are in bad situations suck and we love to make excuses for everyone that we want to say is good uh when they're not playing well, well. I mean, listen, he could always go the Russell Wilson approach, which is every time you lose, just come up with a new injury. Yeah, and then hop on a plane and start doing some high knees. Um, And refuse to sit out, even though it's probably costing your team if you really are hurt. He's so so bad. I do want to talk about the Seahawks real fast. Geno Smith, man. Oh, I love that guy. So good. I love that guy. I really do. I'm so happy for him. I mean, he's like 32 now. He bounced around. Obviously, went from the Jets to the Giants to the Chargers to the Seahawks. But he learned. Clearly, learned a lot. Learned how to be a quarterback, and he's showing out. He he's probably the best. No, I'm not gonna say the best. That's crazy. I'm glad I didn't say that because that would end up ended up in the top five there. Yeah, I didn't he's know one of the sure. best pocket passers in the NFL right now. He's been really good. And by the way. That running back. Penny? No, not Penny. Kenneth no, Walker. Penny's out for the year. Penny yeah, was Kenneth great Walker. too, though. It took him five I, years to be great, but this Kenneth Walker is a guy. 
Yeah, he is, man. I mean, they were running the ball down the Chargers' throat, and not to mention being able to make every throw on the field. Uh, DK Metcalf did leave this game. I think he's week to week. Um, but yeah, man, Gino looks great, and this team is playing. They're a lot of fun. This is a fuck you, Russell season, man. It's like, oh, okay, yeah. this is the offense we wanted to run, and you you refuse to run it, and this is how it looks with a with a good quarterback running it at this point. That's and all you can it, say. Yeah, and with a team that wants to play for their quarterback too, I think I think that needs to be said. Absolutely. What did he say that I didn't write back? I ain't right back. Yeah, they wrote me off, and I ain't right back. Such a good fucking line. <laughs> it is. I don't care. And if people you, I don't were. Care if you were it's funny because that was week one. People were laughing at it like, oh, Geno Smith, whatever, and it fucking looks better. It's kind of like a Will Smith take. It looks better every week. We're not doing this anymore. No more Will Smith. I'm keeping that name out of the rest of the spot. <laughs> There's quite a little unspoken Will, rivalry you, between you, you and Will. It's not even. It's just I take so much pride in certain in certain making certain comments, right? Like I've had to walk back the Sonny Gray is battle tested. I've had to walk back the Kirk Cousins MVP tour. I've had to walk back a, a couple of really the James Harden M2021 2022 MVP. I've had to walk back a lot of shit. And when I hear somebody make these preposterous comments at the time, I'm just like, all right, man, like I Really, like, and I know you know your sports, so you've just, I don't know where you're coming up with these. And not only one of them is contradicting me, like, I just have this image of Will just listening to this pod, just laughing his ass off at me, having to apologize. So it's not that I have to apologize to one of the things. It's like I'm apologizing like four. I'm over it. <laughs> Dolphins beat this. St- I'm right there with you, by the way, because I was, Will, I was I love you, man. R- right on your bandwagon for, for the two glaring ones that we've got so far. But fuck it. We're not apologizing for this one yet. The season's not over, and if the Packers make the playoffs and the Lions don't, then that is a preposterous take. So we'll only have Gary Sanchez. Um, <laughs> Dolphins <laughs> will always have Gary Sanchez. We'll always have Gary Sanchez. The <laughs> gift that keeps on giving. Motherfucker. Dolphins beat the Steelers 16-10. The Dolphins got off to a 13-0 lead. Kenny Pickett showed some balls, made some good throws, made a dumb boneheaded rookie pick. Fucking killed me, man, because I had Deontay Johnson in my flex spot. I lost by a fucking point. And Deontay Johnson made a great play, one of his only plays, on um, on Xavier Howard to get by him and get out. And then I literally was like, all right, Pickett's going to throw it to him again. Pickett's going to throw it to him again. Throws that interception in the end zone. I swear to you, if that ball was incomplete, he was going back to Deontay Johnson again, and I would have won this week. But them's the breaks. The big dogs are still trying to make moves. I got CeeDee Lamb for nothing. I'm coming for somebody else's wide receiver too. Don't you worry about it. If you see a text from me, you probably should ignore it because I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna take your heart. You're like the Rays and the Astros. If somebody's giving up on you or somebody wants you, you know, you might have to you might have to question who you're doing business with. Tua Tua, I was happy to see him get a win here. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And, and he came out firing, man. Uh, I still hate how he takes some hits. It's just like, please, for the love of God, slide or run out of bounds. Stop going head-to-head with this corner or safety. But he came out of the gate, man. I was like, oh, they're going to put up 30 points tonight. I don't know how anybody's stopping these guys. And the fact they only scored three more points after being a 13 nothing. Well, the Packers, I mean, the, uh, the Steelers just made really – and then I watched every snap of this game. They made some awesome adjustments on both sides of the ball. And, well, and shout Mike out Tomlin to Tomlin, team. man. 
No, absolutely. I mean, this is Mike Tomlin team. He's an unbelievable coach. We know that. Um, and you know, to, uh, does he throw more passes that I feel like should be intercepted than oh anybody else? Yeah. He should have like 15 picks already and he missed like two weeks this season. I feel like I lived in this world where like every time Eli had a batted pass, it was picked or a, it went off a receiver's hands. It was picked. And I feel like two is the complete reverse. Like every 50, 50 ball that should be picked, it's dropping at the turf. Yep. No, it, it's true. There's ones that are just go that or it goes right through the the defender's hands, or and then they you know they they do the thing where they just sit on their sit on their with their head in their hands for five seconds. Yeah. Can I ask you this question before we get off this game? Are the Dolphins back in the AFC East? Are they back into the? This is what we thought this team was after the first two or three weeks. Yeah, I think they're in the mix for sure. I think I think there's. I mean, really, because I don't know anything about football anymore. I don't know anything about anything anymore. Um, I mean, I think <laughs> this, this, this season's got you making questioning a lot of life decisions. It really, really is. Um, outside of obviously the Bills, who are going to win the division, running away, the second number two team here, and the number three. I think, I think it's just it's a crapshoot. I mean, we're going to talk about the Patriots game in about two seconds, but I'm still not going to count them out. It's it'd be really foolish to. I just wonder now that they got Tua back, you're going to see a much more involved Tyree Kill. You're going to see a much better Jalen Waddle. Um, no offense, obviously, to Teddy Bridgewater, but he is who he is. Let's talk about that Patriots game. The game I got very wrong um, and was cursing out on Monday night. Um, the Bears go into a rainy Foxborough and just run the ball down their fucking throats, and the defense makes some plays and. We have an official quarterback problem in New England, my man. Yeah, it's uh, this league. Just again, I'm gonna say it again, Sean. This league just makes no fucking sense. I mean, I'm Sunday night. I do what I usually do before I go to bed on Sunday nights. I tally up the wins and the losses to see how I'm looking for the week. I'm four and zero. I'm pumped, and then I look at you. You're three and zero. And I'm like, oh, fuck. He's got the Patriots minus whatever it was, seven and a half, I think. And I was like, that's such a fucking easy money game. I went in and I bet on the Patriots minus fucking 12 and a half on an alternate spread because I thought it was a lock. And it just makes no sense. I mean, first of all, from the Bears side, if you told me it took the Bears three weeks to score 33 points, I'd say, yeah, that probably sounds about right. <laughs> and they scored. Because it did. <laughs> And and the Bears score thirty three fucking points on this Patriots team, where it was honestly like the defense was kind of their their coup de gras this year, or whatever you want to call it. That was kind of their calling card. Um, and then yeah, there is a quarterback controversy because they don't have a fucking quarterback. I mean, and and for the first time probably since he started coaching in the NFL, this this. Bill Belichick fucked up. Yeah, I mean, listen, Mac gets the start. He says he's healthy. He's making, you know, he's sliding to the ground while kicking his leg up, trying to get somebody in the balls. Like, he's just, he has no command of the ball or the offense at all. And then they go to Zappy, and he comes in, has a couple of touchdowns, you know, looks good, and then he throws a pick, and, 
and it's all downhill from there. And he's singing Stacy's mom, which I just thought was fucking hysterical. I'm like, dude, you are playing a game. I'm sure Belichick's not going to love to see that, but Hey, vibe out, go for it. Um, they, neither of these guys are particularly good. And it sounds like Mac Jones is going to start this week at the jets at your jets. I don't think that you can feel good if you're a Patriots fan about any of these guys. They're so limited in what they can do offensively. I agree with you. I I think that I don't even know. It's like you got to pick a guy and you got to stick with him for a couple weeks. Yeah, and I mean, like, listen, they were winning games. I mean, this is an this, this flip floppy crap is not going to win you games. I can tell you that. It's not, but this game, this was on their defense. Their defense got gashed by a Justin Fields offense that, like you said, if you told me they scored 33 points in three weeks, I'd be like, yeah, because I saw it happen through like weeks one through three. It was like they were just abysmal. Uh, and obviously, you know, they uh, to go on the road and win that game, I, I still don't feel any differently about their season. But let me tell you this. If you had this on your bingo card through seven weeks, the Chicago Bears right now have the same record or the same amount of wins as the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, the Green Bay Packers, and the Los Angeles Rams. I should just hang up on you right now. That's crazy. Mm-hmm. It's, I mean, come on. If this was a court of law and I was trying to make the case that the NFL is, is fucking wacko this year, just I've rested my case like 50 times. Yeah, it should be, card, it should be you know, put away in a straitjacket and sent to the institution. No doubt about it. Um, but hey, can we be pissed? I mean, your team is six and one, my team's five and two. I'm loving it. Yeah, we're reaping the benefits of this crazy year. No doubt. All right, you ready to make some picks? Oh, I'm ready. So you were four and one or four and oh, I was three and one. So how about you start us off this week? Yep. Recapping last week, we both had the Jets and the Giants with the spread. Those both were plus three. We hit those. I had the Seattle Seahawks plus six and a half. That obviously hit. That was my sperm bank pick. Uh, And I had the Browns plus six and a half. That hit. You had KC as one of your games. That was an easy one. And then what I thought was probably the easiest pick of the year, Pats minus seven and a half. That was not the easiest pick of the year. That did not hit. I am 16 and 11. You are 18 and nine. You are still leading. Um, by two. Uh, so this week the Jets play the aforementioned New England Patriots. Um, let me pull up the spread right now. It is. I got the, you. It's the, it's Jet. It's Patriots uh, minus one and a half. And that is in New York. Technically New Jersey, but yes. Yes, I know. It's like college football all over again. Um, <laughs> I mean the Jets are. Sean, the Jets are fucking five and two. The Patriots are whatever their record is. They have a legitimate controversy, and they just got their dicks pushed in by the fucking Chicago Bears. And they are, and the Jets are not getting any goddamn fucking respect. Neither of our teams are, and I kind of love it. Just keep for just keep assuming they suck. Mm-hmm. I got so the Jets. I, I got, the, got Jets. the Jets. Well, you and I are going to unfortunately agree on this game. I have the Jets, too. The quarterback situation in New England is bad. The quarterback situation with the Jets hasn't been great, but they're winning anyway. And I know that Vera Tucker injury blows, and I know that Brees Hall injury blows. But you still got a lot of talent on this team, and bringing in Robinson, even if he only plays you know, a couple of different series, um, I still like your team. And now after seeing a Bears offense that's very compromised, scores 33 on the Pats, 
I don't see any reason why the Jets can't put up a good number here. No doubt about it. I, I like that pick a lot. And I, you know what? I, I, I'm going to have to chip away with the out-of-market games because I think we're going to be in agreement on a lot. Um, next game up, I didn't know what to pick here, so I may just go against you just because I feel really good about both teams. Uh, Seahawks are at home against the New York Giants. Vegas basically sees this game as even because the Seahawks are minus three. Yeah, so I'll I'll save you here. Uh, I'll, I'll fall on the sword first and make my pick. And, Tom, I'm going with the Seahawks. Um, they're at home. Obviously, that is a very tough place to play, even when that team's not at their best. And I've been thinking about this game. I think these two teams are exactly the same team. You're looking at two teams who were not expected to do anything this year. You're looking at two teams that are well-coached. You're looking at two teams who are clearly playing for their quarterback. They each run the ball well. They each have really good defenses. Obviously, the Seahawks have a little bit more talent on offense. But I feel like these two teams are mirror images of each other. And I think if it was in the Meadowlands, I'd take the Giants. But I think I'm going to roll with the Seahawks here. Fuck it. I'm taking the Giants. I'm riding with DJ. Yeah, do it. I mean, listen. If I lose one game on that, that's okay. It'd be nice to pick up a game on you. You'll be, you'll still be happy because you got a nice New York Giants win. Uh, I, I just think Saquon can run all over that team. I mean, I guess I fucking disagree. this Walker the third guy or whatever his name is could run all over you guys, but yeah. I mean, here's the thing, right? I just like, going into Seattle. That's a hostile environment. One of the only ones is. in the NFL. It is, and the Giants play so many close games. Like they, they're always losing at the end of the third quarter. They have only had one game this year where they've had a lead at the end of three. And so, like that, that to me says that obviously this Giants team is a fourth quarter team that's making a lot of adjustments. You love to see that, and Daniel Jones has been super clutch. But it also tells me that you're eventually this trend is going to it's you can't constantly win every week like this. And I'll give Seattle credit. They have had weeks where they've scored a lot of points and the giants don't usually do that. Yep. No doubt about it. All right. What's your, uh, what's your first out of market game? I'm going over to London where the Jaguars, uh, guess are the home team, but they're a three point favorite against either Rippin or the all of a sudden rejuvenated from doing PT exercises on the airplane, Russell Wilson. You said it perfectly when I, when you made me spill up water earlier, both these teams, both these guys suck. Both of these quarterbacks fucking suck. And the Broncos defense is going to hang, but I'm impressed with this Jaguars team. So I am going to take the Jacksonville Jaguars. They almost beat my giants. They're competitive in every game. They can score points. They're innovative offensively. And this defense has players. I'm going to take the Jags. I like that. I, I like that pick. I just think the Jags make too many mistakes for my taste. But hey, I they stared did. at I stared at the Tennessee game. Tennessee's only favored by one and a half. That was one of those games where it's like something's not right here. Vegas knows something I don't, so I'm staying away from that game. Uh, my first game, I'm going to Cleveland. I've got the Bengals favored by three. I think this spread oh. should be higher. Fuck you. This is my fourth game. <laughs> you sticking with it? Yeah, I'm sticking with it. Absolutely. This is my fourth game. I'm taking the uh, you took you said you took the Bengals, right? Yes, I did. Yeah, I did too. All right. Fine. And wait a minute. Uh so the Jaguars are in and the Jaguars Broncos are in London and the Bills uh 
Packers are are they in Buffalo or are they in yeah. some, Buffalo? Is there a game being played in Germany this year? There is. It's in like two weeks. It's uh it's Bucks Packers, right? No. No, they already played. It's Tampa of somebody, and I think it's somebody halfway decent. Hmm. Okay. I was just curious if that was true. I heard somebody say Germany, and I didn't know if they were joking or not. All right. My final game here. Listen, I know that they put a fucking whooping on the New England Patriots, but there's no quarterback controversy in Dallas. I think Dak's going to shake the rust off. I think that that game was an absolute fluke, but, hey, what the fuck do I know? I mean, I don't know shit. I already said we that. Don't, I, don't nobody know. Knows I don't know shit about shit. Um, <laughs> I got the Cowboys minus nine and a half. Yeah, it's a good pick. I stared at that one. Um, I don't know if I was dissuaded because of the Bears, uh, but I wouldn't be shocked at all to see that the fucking Cowboys won 30, 31 to 7. It's one of those things. I'm just, I'm not going to let the Patriots thing dissuade me. I just, I think that game was such a fucking fluke and there was just so much going against the Patriots there. And Bill Belichick, honestly, for the probably one of the few times in his career, just straight up lost that game. Yeah, he did. By the way, did you see that the Bears traded Robert Quinn to the fucking Eagles? The rich getting richer, the undefeated Eagles. I know. For a for a fourth round pick, and the Bears are going to eat most of that money. Are you I, kidding me? I Fuck will say that. I will say about the Eagles, and I don't hate Philly as much as you do, That's just because fine. they're in your in your division and whatnot. And I don't. But I saw a Jalen Hurts interview today, and I really like him. Yeah, I mean, dude, that is why I hate – there's so many reasons I hate them. Like, I could do a whole podcast where I just talk about how much I hate the Eagles and why I hate the Eagles and childhood traumas from the Eagles and all that. They drafted two of my favorite players from, you know, the Alabama years with Devontae and Jalen. And it's just like I would root for both of them so hard if they were literally anywhere else. Yep, no doubt about it. And and he had a really cool press conference this week and He's he, awesome. He was not he did not sound like Russell Wilson. <laughs> he is the antithesis of Russell Wilson. He also I think he has like he's the first um football player, definitely the first football player, maybe the first athlete. That's totally the his entire management team is all uh women, which is really cool. Um so shout out to him for that too. That is very cool. All right, another week in the books. Um, you got anything else going on? I, you were you were talking up a Taylor Swift album. Oh, dude, it was fucking good. It was a good album. I listened to it. I'm like, yeah, that's good. She she can still fucking make a couple pop songs that that fucking kill. Um, but no, uh, just just hanging out this past weekend. But this coming weekend, um, uh, actually, it's. I didn't say it, but it's my birthday today. So uh, oh shit! Well, you never mentioned it. Happy birthday! I never mentioned it, so there's no reason for you to. Uh, oh, but yeah, forty. So, yeah, really good. See, this is why I didn't mention it. Um, <laughs> shit. Um, uh, thirty-one. Uh, but uh, it's my birthday today, and then another good friend of mine on Friday. So like our whole group of friends is gonna like just go grab a nice meal somewhere and nice. couple drinks and do that. Saturday, uh, some Halloween party. I guess friends are hosting and just, you know, excuse to go have a couple beers and hang out. And then, um, Sunday, another friend just having a bunch of people over for like football and, and food. So it's like, I'll actually be, I got a pretty full weekend 
on my plate, but it'll be it's all good things. So very so, nice. What about you? Uh, well, happy birthday again. Um, Thanks, man. Let's see. Uh, Saturday, Michaela and I have an engagement party to go to for ourselves. Um, is this your official one? Because I know you've mentioned you've had like a few little things. No, this is the official one. So that's okay. going to be fun. Um, yeah, aside from that, I don't know. I'll try and play a little golf. Drake and uh, 21 Savage are coming out with an album tomorrow. I'm pretty pumped about Oh, fuck yeah. I know. I'm so hyped about that. I've been and, hearing about that for a while. I will definitely be listening. I'm excited uh, for that. I'm fired up about that. I think that comes out on Friday, if that's the 28th. Yeah, yeah Friday Friday morning. Um, Yeah, no, and then I've just uh, – I've been sad lately, man. Um, You know, Kanye is is – he was already crazy, but it's – he is canceled now. He's done, rightfully so. I'm not mm-hmm. sad because – he doesn't deserve to be canceled. I'm just sad because, I mean, what a fucking genius when it comes to to music and all those other things he did. But I don't, I don't know, man. I just don't get it. Maybe he's got no, CTE. I don't know. He's suffering from Antonio Brown syndrome. I well, mean, he did get in that man, accident. I don't know. I've been thinking the same thing. Like, I think you and I have had conversations off the pod about our mutual appreciation respect and just fucking love for kanye's music over the years like easily easily out of time my favorite artist to listen to uh from his just fucking bangers to his more sophisticated stuff i'll continue to say until the day that i die that my beautiful dark twisted fantasy uh-huh. or uh, dark uh, fantasy album is like the the, it's some of the best music let alone just fucking rap music it's some of the best music I've ever heard and the collabs that he does and the way he brings artists into his songs samples, and the way yep. he can write and with the samples and it's just like the bars he can drop the fucking lyrics he can he can put into a song to make like just a perfect work of art and to have him doing what he's going through right now it's just like to say that I want to listen to Kanye, people are going to look at it a different way. And I think this is, again, a context thing. You Two things can be true. I hate always using that, that cliche, but, like, one, the guy's a maniac, lunatic, and says some really hurtful, terrible shit. Two, he's a musical genius, was a musical genius, and I will always still listen to a lot of his work. No doubt about it. Well, anything else going on for you? No, nah, man, that's it. That's it for All me, good. too. Uh, oh, well, we will, we'll be on, uh, I don't even know what time tomorrow, uh, but we're going to be on Phillip's pod. We got to, me and you will have to text about it off the pod, figure out our three picks that we like the most. Sure. Um, and then we're going to be making some picks on his pod. And yeah, that's, that's that. I don't even know what time the, the pod is, but I guess we're going to have to figure that out. Yeah. Sounds good. I'll be, I'll be ready to go. And, and by the way, what a hell of a CEO you are. Just, just letting you know that, you know no, why I'm the goat. I know. <laughs> um, of course, man. Well, I listen. Happy birthday. Thank I, you. I hope you have a good one. I hope the parents sent you down a nice present um, or at least a card. Had I known, I would have sent the card, but you kept this under wraps probably because you're 31. Um, I'm not a big birthday, like celebrate. I'm a hypocrite with birthdays. I love celebrating and wishing my friends and family happy birthdays. I'm not huge on on people returning serve for me, but no, it was a really good day. It was a, it was a good day with a good weekend on tap and got to wrap it up by recording a pod with, with my guy here. So it was a, it was a good full day. 
Of course, man. Well, listen, I hope you have a great birthday weekend. Try and get out of the house as much as you can. You say you got a lot planned. Listen, the games are going to be there next week, and the NFL doesn't matter anymore anyways. So get the hell out of the house. Enjoy it. I hope you had a good birthday, and uh, have a good rest of your week, bro. Thanks, man. You too. Enjoy the engagement party. And yeah, let me, I got to get your address so I can send you something because I, I don't, I don't know your address. So let's, let's work that off. Uh, let's work on that off the pot. Sounds good, man. Everybody enjoy the rest, the rest of the week. <coughs> I lost my voice there. Easy. Take care, everybody.